The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Lisa! Hello, listeners with Attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing Power Rangers Dino Fury. Man, I don't know what to say. It feels a little bit, I don't know, bittersweet to be kind of at the end of the at the at the end of the journey at this point. Yeah, this is our last well, it's not our last mainline episode, but this is our last Power Ranger discussion. This is our last this is our last Power Ranger discussion for a little while. Yeah, until until Cosmic Fury comes out and whatever the the 30th anniversary special. Man, it seems like I was thinking about this the other day and uh, when we started this podcast, I thought, you know, this is going to be an under, this is going to be such an undertaking. It's going to be, it's going to be a long, long, long investment. And I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it all the way through, especially when we, especially when we start to hit those, but especially when we start to hit those, uh, seasons and eras of power Rangers that aren't as received well or aren't, aren't as received as well. Okay. Michael, um, Michael, stop it with the euphemisms. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that Don't was my stop big being diplomatic and just say they suck. <laughs> that was, that was my big, con- honestly, that was my biggest concern. Like once we pa- once we got past the nostalgia and we got past the, what was and the familiar corsets. and the corsets <laughs> and what was, fam- damn it. What was familiar? <laughs> what? What was familiar to us once we got past all of that, I was a little bit concerned that we weren't going to be able to make it. But you know what? I have to say like this, this season, this, this, this season has this, these discussions have really flown by in my opinion. It just feels like yesterday we were in January releasing our trailer and, or actually I take that back. It was like December of 20, um, of 2021. 2021. When I, when we came up with this crazy idea, um, to do this and now we're here December, 2022, and we're at the journey's end, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Well, well, at the, uh, for this leg of it, which is why, and we will acknowledge this briefly because this is our first mainline recording in since the, uh, not unfortunate, the tragic news. JDF is no longer with us and yeah. that that has been a little bit of a shock to the system. It almost feels like the face of the franchise has ended with with our show in some ways and and given mm. and depending on how things shake out for the 30th anniversary, possibly even the end of Power Rangers as we know it. Right. We don't yeah, I, I mean, there's talk I, about doing a reboot, but it just, yeah. 
I don't want to be hyperbolic and I, I will, I do not want to sound hyperbolic and be overly dramatic. Cause that's just not who I am. Um, but that's it, my department. right. <laughs> but that, but that it, it, but the death of Jason David Frank at the time of this recording, Jason David Frank passed away two weeks ago. It is. Yeah, it, it was two. It's been two weeks since, since Mr. Frank passed away. And I think I, I tweeted out the other day that, you know, due to the holidays and, and, you know, just us get being, ha- having to take a detour and, and, and more and memorialize, uh, JDF. For um, those who wanted a five hour episode, we almost gave you one. <laughs> we almost get, we were 10 minutes shy of giving you one. Um, I just wish it was under better circumstances, right? I just wish it was under better circumstances, but you know, if you, if you want to hear an episode where we, where we do our best to, to memorialize Jason David Frank and try to, you know, even try to raise awareness and even raise a little bit of money for a good cause. Cause that was the whole point. Yes. We wanted, we wanted to not only just remember the career and the legacy of JDF, but we also wanted to get, try to give back in a, in a small way, which is why we had a charity stream last weekend, or sorry, not last weekend, last Monday, um, where the us 29th, 28th, was it 28th? I think, I think it was 28th. It was, it was the week. It was the week after Thanksgiving. So I think it was the 28th. It was the 28th. Yeah. November 28th. Well, it was us and a few friends of ours, and I'm just going to do a, a quick few. roll call. <laughs> well, a few. I'm going to do a quick roll call and just say thank you to Kaiju Kim, Kaiju Kim, uh, Jimmy from Zio to Hero, uh, Billy for Billy from even Zio to Hero for stopping in the chat, uh, Jack Hudgens and Jr. Uh, Villers from the Drift Space, and Rebecca Hudgens. How can I forget our wonderful friend Rebecca that does all of our podcast artwork? Our good friend and, and co-host, she's the real owner of the Drift Space, the real host of the Drift Space. Yes, um, and you know our good friend and co-host, not in so comp. Wait, no, that's not right. No, the, our co-host in. You know what? Screw it. He's our co-host in common. Our our wonderful, wonderful friend Travis Alexander. Um. And who am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Chris Cook. Our favorite Canadian bacon our, lover. Our favorite Canadian bacon lover. You know what? I, there, there's a few people on on the team that are that are from Canada. And we actually had a really interesting discussion about... You didn't you mention know, his it, name, Chris Cook. Yes, I did. Chris Cook. I said Chris Cook. The name has been mentioned. Move on. Whatever. Anyway, we talked about poutine. If you're from Canada and you know what poutine is, there you go. Poutine. Okay. I have never eaten poutine. Um, it just sounds like a weird dish. I will start with, I will sounds just like stick a with euphemism my... to me, but <laughs> we're not going there, sir. Um, <laughs> But long story short, we we're we're incredibly grateful to all of those wonderful people for joining us for a five hour stream that went well past Kim's bedtime. Um, past all of our bedtimes <laughs> <laughs> to try to memorialize Jason David Frank and raise a little bit of money for for a very good cause. Now, in the yeah, description, to write of this- love on her arms, which by the way, the link and the fundraiser are still active. So please, even if it's just a few dollars, please yes. donate. Yes. Yeah, that we last will time I include the link to the page in the show notes. 
Mm-hmm. And I did speak to the team from Right Love on Her Arms, and they told me that that link will remain active for as long as it takes to raise the eight hundred dollars that we wanted to to raise for for them. I know it's eight hundred dollars is 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 not a ton of money, um, but we wanted to do something to help spread awareness and give back to uh, to help people that were struggling. And as we learned later on, JDF was uh, was a was a person that unfortunately struggled with uh, depression and some other uh, mental mental illnesses. So um, I don't know what else to say there because I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Um, but yeah, go listen if you want to listen to that episode and have and really laugh at some of our. The longer the episode got, the longer <laughs> the, the longer the <laughs> the longer the episode went, the later it got, and the sillier we all, we the sillier we all got. So if you want a good laugh and you want to hear us talk about our hero, go listen to that uh, episode. It's up on the feed. But speaking of uh, speaking of um, you know great communities that we've built and or helped build, I should say. I don't want to take all the credit. I will never take all the credit. But great speaking really? of great communities. <laughs> Yes, Nathan, I'm not Eagle Ranger, as you like to call me. Um, yeah, you're Blue Streak Ranger now. But. Speaking speaking of wonderful friends and communities that we've tried to invest in, our friend and faithful listener, Christopher Reiner, sent us an email in response yeah. to some of the more recent events that have been going on. So, Nathan, do you want to pull that up? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm For the sake of time, sorry, Chris. <laughs> I'm going to be abridging your email because <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to do and a little bit of a tight schedule. So here's what he wrote into us. Hey guys, now that we, uh, now that we are past the mini pie. Yes. That is a reference to the help that is Ninja steel. I thought this would be a good time to email you about death. Well, that sounds like a, that's a great opening for an email right there. Wow. Yeah. Not that's, because I'm, I would I'm very excited. I'm very excited to hear the rest of this email. <laughs> Not because I would rather die than watch Ninja Steel again. That's debatable. <laughs> but because it has come up quite a bit in Power Rangers, and it does so again in, spoiler warning, Beast Morphers, we already know. <laughs> One of the criticisms of Power Rangers is that is that death is never permanent, and that is not exactly true. Monsters die all the time. The good guys do not stay dead. Now, this can be chalked up to the showrunners wanting a happy ending for the children. For the children. For the children. But why? The ranger has already died. The pain of loss had already been experienced. So why the ranger? Uh, so why have the ranger come back at all? I believe there is a deeper meaning behind the resurrections that sim- than simply a happy ending. Sounds like he's been listening to our podcast a lot, hasn't it? Mm. <laughs> yes. Resurrection and reincarnation have been a staple of religions from the dawn of man. Death has rarely been seen as permanent. In Christianity, its adherents believe in the resurrection of the dead when Christ returns for the final judgment. Many Eastern religions believe in karma and reincarnation. Shinto teaches that the spirits of ancestors survive death and guide their descendants. Roman Catholics and Orthodox Christians pray to saints for prayer and guidance for the most part humanity has always believed that death is just a part of life not the end of it then Mm. he has several examples that he brings up from power rangers that we've all that we you and i have discussed on the show michael astronomer and corone magna defender kendrick's gem and gemma 
steel, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to skip all of those and go to his penultimate paragraph before he closes things out. Where he puts all of those into perspective. Now, I know a lot of people believe that death is the end of life, and that has been a minority view for all of human history, and it is foolish to just ignore the fact that there may be something more. The Morphin Grid has taken on a supernatural element more and more as the series has gone on as the series, excuse me, has gone on and especially so since Beast Morphers. Power Rangers is not playing favorites with any religion but acknowledging that there may be more to life than just what we see and possibly gives children hope, especially if they are struggling with the death of a loved one. Mhm. Yeah. So there you go. It's uh, he, t- <laughs> and let me tell you, when he he really does unpack each of these examples, and I, he gets very intellectual about it, which I do appreciate. And it, it's funny because we did have somebody in the Power Rangers Legacy group who was like, "You guys just hate happy endings, don't you?" I think he was being a little tongue in cheek. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say that that was that was a comment in good faith. But it's not that we don't. It's not that we hate happy endings. It's that. We believe that we believe that that things like death and and things that are very real to to the human existence. We talked a lot. We talked a lot in Beast Morphers, and very ironically so, given you know what has happened in the last couple of weeks within. Yeah, because we Nation. were good lord. When, we recorded that. I think at least uh, a week before the news. Yeah, it was JDM. about a week. It was about a week or so before that news came out, and so. um we talked a lot about death in, in that, in that episode, because death is a part of the human existence. We are, we are not, we are not immortal. We do not, we humans are fallible. We will pass away. And I think that in a show centered around superheroes, I believe that you can have, you can have death mean something and still take away something you can still have death of characters and it still means something and it still leave you with some leave you with some positive feelings i understand that the audience for power rangers is a bit younger but you can but but to just shy away from death not being a part of life and a part of reality i believe is a mistake and it was glaringly obvious to me at least that that the death of that steel, steel, especially steel, especially I believe should have stayed dead. Now it's tricky with steel. And I think we talked about this in that episode, Nathan, where we said that, that steel being reincarnated as an actual human being sort of plays into this whole, I wanted to be human all along. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go along with that. But then, if you look at the, if you look at characters from RPM like Jim and Gemma, who literally made the ultimate sacrifice to save their team, I just I just think that that was wasted. It was a wasted moment, and especially and especially for a show as edgy and as on the cusp of being the most unlike Power Rangers we've ever seen in RPM, like ki- like killing off two of your two killing off two beloved characters and letting them stay dead. That would have been a bold move. And I would, I would have respected the hell out of that show and respected the hell out of that writing team for doing I, I mean, if they, if they had done that, I just, RPM would be untouchable for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be completely untouchable as is it's, it's still spoiler warning top tier for me, but it's not as untouchable as I would like it to be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, all that to say that if you want a more in-depth discussion, if you've not listened to the episode yet, I don't know why you've skipped Beast Morphers and went, in straight, went, went straight into Dino Fury. Okay, fine. If you have done that, I have encur- I encourage you to go listen to our Beast Morphers episode, all four hours and 33 minutes of it, and listen to us sprinkle in throughout that episode our thoughts on the human existence and what it means to be human specifically and what it means um, to live um, to live with and work with uh, other people in the world. So, I mean, that's, that's a very, it's a very highbrow. I feel like that's a very highbrow way of putting it. Just go listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Um, but Nathan, speaking of, uh, death and specifically deaths that got retconned. Um, and now we have, and now specifically we have plot armor to justify all deaths in Power Rangers. Uh, you mean the retcon masters? The retcon masters, yes. Um, speaking of the retcon masters, we have we have we have one last season of Power Rangers so far to talk about. Cue the epic rock music. When BuzzBlast reporter Amelia Jones investigates the mysterious Dino Hen, she meets Rafconian Knight Zato and the skeptical Ali Akana, who all link to Morphengrin and become Power Rangers to battle Void Knight. As the mysterious villain gathers Sporex and allies, more Rangers are recruited to combat him. But with each victory and defeat comes more powerful villains and shocking revelations! Shocking revelations! We'll let Ninja okay. in here. <laughs> uh, that's that. No, that's really terrible. That is really terrible. Yeah, um, leave that to Danny, okay? Or Shane. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. So, <laughs> okay. So, I, shout out to Shane Cochran. <laughs> I'm just gonna, uh, Nathan. I'm gonna go ahead and rip this bandaid off oh, and snap. say that I'm just gonna rip. I'm gonna rip the bandaid off and say that I did not enjoy Dino Fury as much as I enjoyed Beast Morphers. I'm, I just, I just, I'm not, and I'm not saying, and I'm sure you'll hear throughout this episode that we don't necessarily think that Dino Fury is bad. It's just in a, in a lot of ways, it's a little bit, um, um, uh, generic. Is that fair? Do you think that's fair? Yeah, which might come as a little bit of a surprise for people who listen to our, I guess, little mini episode that Mm -hmm. we recorded immediately after binging season two, part two of Dino. We were definitely in the, we were definitely in, we were flying pretty high. We were definitely in the, in the honey. We were definitely in the honeymoon phase. I'm I'm willing, but in it, but in its defense, we're, we're not going to hide. Let's not hide the ball here. The last quarter, uh, the last quarter of the show has probably has the best episodes. (laughs) I think it's safe to say that um, that the first few episodes of Dino Fury are a little bit slow. Like they're not they very are. good. They're not very good episodes. Like there are st- there are. Let me just say this: they're there okay. are some stay. They're okay. There are some standout moments that we will talk about later. But overall, they're not they're not super memorable episodes. Yeah, and keep in mind we were watching dino fury as it came out on netflix yes. so we were keeping yes. up with it as uh, uh we were keeping up with it relatively live mm-hmm. we'll say oh yeah this wasn't a case of we're going back and seeing stuff we saw before or watching stuff 
that we hadn't seen before. No, this was we were watching it as it came out. Yeah, we've essentially and I think we've essentially watched it twice now. Yeah, because we, 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 we watched it all the way through. We watched it all the way through the first time, took some notes, did and did our um, uh, did our reactions post when the when the finale happened. Right. And then we went back and we selected uh, just as a full, like full peek behind the curtain listener with attitude. We went back and we didn't watch the whole thing over again. We picked what we thought were the key episodes throughout the season mm-hmm. to, to kind of make the value to kind of play into this discussion. So, right. but we have what we were, we were watching it in real time as the show was coming out. And honestly, Nathan, I told, I think um, I remember texting you right when season one first started. And I said, you know what? That was pretty good. And I, and I think that, I think that, I think that it's remained, I think that Dino Fury has remained pretty good throughout its run it's right. just you're right those last that last quarter of episodes is really where things get interesting right right and i think uh, potential hot take here i do think ranger nation has overhyped this show a little bit and maybe it's because it's the new hotness it's the current season maybe. and people yeah. are just happy with it because it's not the new Sapon era or something yeah i mean it's but, fair you know but when i actually started watching it and Rewatching it honestly really until you get to that last quarter of episodes i was like you know i think this is overhyped yeah i don't want to telegraph i don't want to telegraph our ranking episode too much i just i just think that beast morphers overall is a better show right which apparently there are people who disagree with our assessment of that yeah, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's, well. you know, it's, it's, oh, well, it's the internet. It's, you know, I don't think our opinions are going to hurt anybody by saying that beast morphers that we, we gave an honest evaluation of beast morphers and we're going to give an honest evaluation of, of Dino Fury. And then for me personally, I just think that beast morphers is overall the better show. Anyway. So we've got some initial background things to get out of the way. So this is, this is fairly common knowledge at this point, but it's based on Kishiryu Sentai Ryu Soulja, <laughs> which when translated means Knight Dragon Squadron Dragon Armament Ranger. And this is actually a really recent Sentai. It's from 2019. And interestingly, this is, this is the second Hasbro produced series. So mm-hmm. we're, we're still part of the Hasbro era. That is the current one. And it is the first, it's the second production produced by their film division, All Spark Pictures and Entertainment One. But mm-hmm. I think there's been a little bit of a shakeup with that recently, hasn't there? Uh, yes. Uh, it has something to do with E1. I think it's E1, so, but I, I, I haven't read enough into it to, to be able to. Right. to be able to articulate it. So right. yes, there saying. has been, there has been a little bit of a shakeup with the production company that's work that's been working with Hasbro on power Rangers, but I, I cannot recall that information at the moment. I'm sure our listeners will let us know this series started on Nickelodeon, which has been the home for power Rangers since samurai, mm-hmm. but it moved exclusively to streaming specifically Netflix in its second season. So this actually does mark the end of I guess you could say a sub era of Power mm. Rangers. So yeah. the Nickelodeon, it is, they're officially done with Nickelodeon. 
And what's been really frustrating to me, Nathan, about about specifically Dino Fury, it's probably happened. It's probably happened more with say it probably happened with Beast Morphers as well. Um, but what's been really frustrating is because of how the streaming rights and internet and the international rights to Dino Fury has shook has shook out. We were getting spoilers weeks before it even hit Netflix. Yeah, and that was a little that, annoying. <laughs> that was really annoying. And it spurred a really it spurred a really interesting discussion within Ranger fandom that I won't go into fully here, but I really wish that I really wish that Hasbro would have just released Dino Fury just outright across the board uh, to both Netflix and across the, across the world. I don't know how that looks, you know, in places like France and Italy and these other places um, just so that we did not get spoiled because that was one of the, and because there are some big moments, some big returns, not, not to kind of foreshadow a little bit. There were some big returns in B um, sorry, in Dino Fury, that got spoiled weeks ahead Super of time. Super Ninja Fury Force. <laughs> yeah, there were some big moments and big returns in Dino Fury that got spoiled weeks ahead of time because of the streaming and the internet and however the international rights say. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it, it's an American production and so Americans should get it first. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that Hasbro and Netflix and whomever needed to find a way to start the series and release it around the same time. And I know that not every market has Netflix. I understand that, but still it's just, a, it's just a really frustrating thing for me. And there's my soapbox. So I'll get off of my soapbox now. Yeah. The, uh, which I think has been remedy because for what I understand, cosmic fury is premiering on Netflix everywhere. Yes. So they're listening. They're listening. I'm guessing what we saw before was probably just, contractual obligations that they're just <laughs> taking care of contractual obligations. Yeah, I know. Keep snick. <laughs> Unless you listen to the film vault, him, <laughs> him snickering at that makes no sense. <laughs> no, it's true. It, 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 it makes, vault. it makes no sense. You're right. Yeah. Now here's something. And I've, I've heard one thing, but read another, and that has mm -hmm. to do with the title of this. Mm -hmm. Cause the Ranger Wiki says that the working title for the show was Dino Knights, whereas mm -hmm. I have heard elsewhere that that was a fan submitted title. Like fans were saying, mm -hmm. hey, call it this. But right. Simon Bennett, the showrunner, has apparently been instructed by the powers that be at Hasbro to not use fan submitted ideas, which, by the way, Hasbro, stupid policy. I'm sure that that's probably a union thing. I bet that's probably a, I bet that's probably a union policy pop I don't know. I don't know the inner, I don't know the ins and outs and inner workings of, you know, the writer's guild and, and, and whatever. I don't know the ins and outs of that. I don't even know the ins and outs of, of Mr. Bennett's contract. So he may not have been able to take fan submitted work, which actually would kind of make sense because you don't want to have to pay Royal. You don't want to have to pay royalties to some random fan on the internet for coming up with an idea. It's probably just it's probably just a way to to legally protect themselves. Maybe, but I can't imagine unless you have a Ranger fan who's just that much of an a-hole that he'd be like, I wouldn't be paid for coming up with the uh, title. You never hey look, you never know. If I came up with look, if I came up with the title Mighty Morphin Power Rangers before Saban did, you'd 
better be damn sure I'd be trying to get some kind of royalties for that if I could prove it. Because that's the kind because, of greedy bastard. Because I am because I am a greedy, greedy capitalist bastard. Yes. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Regardless, my point with, with bringing that up is not only to point out that that's a stupid policy, but also to point out Dino Knights. Is it a is title. Yeah. yeah, all jokes aside, it is. It's a pretty. It, it, all it jokes a, aside, it is a. It's a pretty stupid title. Yeah. Well, no, you know, Dino Knights is a better title. Oh, Dino. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Dino Knights is a Dino Knights is a is a far superior title than Dino Fury. Super yeah, Dino because Ninja Super Fury Dino Force. Ninja Fury the, Force, guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand. I, I get mean, it. Cosmic Knights actually sounds better than Cosmic Fury. Oh, I hate it. I I real look. I regardless of what the end product looks, what regardless of what the end product actually ends up being, the end product may be really excellent. Who knows? Uh, the end product for Dino Fury was good. Um, it wasn't perfect, but it was good. Um, I just hate the name. Uh, the name is incredibly generic. They can come up with something better, and that's what frustrated me about the name. Yeah. Now, they did kind of compromise because they used Dino Knight as the name of one of the power-ups that the mm -hmm. Rangers get later, which is cool, did, yeah. but still, I'm like, so much better. But anyway, the other... Right things to note about the show is this is the first mainline series to have a female green ranger i remember yes, you, you and travis talked about that on kaiju yes. weekly when that was announced. uh we, did. we had a different that was, actress at that point we did and the name of this the name of that young lady escapes me but um save her for when we talk about the character right right so so yeah, this is the first, we talked about that on Kaiju Weekly. Uh, I think it was during, you can actually, I think I'm remembering it now. It was during our uh, episode where we talked about the Ultraman anime, the season one of, the season one of Ultraman on Netflix, the anime okay. series. Um, that's when we talked about it because it was a news item and a lot of fans were really excited by this. You know, that was, um, I, I was, I, whenever I heard that announcement, I was like, I mean, holy hell, there's got to be there's got to be at least one other green female ranger in the series. Nope, there was nope. not. Nope. The The other thing that's nowhere there is there is no crossover in this series due to the pandemic. Apparently, we do get some cameos from some Beast Morpher characters, but that's about no it. Crossover. We don't get a full no crossover, which is too bad. Yeah. I think I can kind of see where it would have happened. It probably would have happened in that first half of the last quarter when mm -hmm. a certain very popular villain returns again. So I'm guessing that's where they would have done it. But unfortunately we don't get to see the grid battle force Rangers show up, which mm -hmm. is too bad. It is too bad. As much yeah. as we love those grid battle force Rangers, it is, it is way too bad. But you know, the Dino Fury was plagued with, from what I, from what I understand of what I remember, it was plagued with production troubles due to due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, and this is kind of telegraphing some stuff we'll have to talk about later. The, this mm -hmm. is the first Power Rangers season to win a GLAAD award for outstanding kids and family programming. And for those who are not aware, uh, the GLAAD awards, the GLAAD stands for the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, which is an organization that uh, helps give exposure uh, for LGBTQ plus people and uh, recognizes um, good representation of those people throughout media. So that so Power Rangers was actually the first this was Dino Fury was the first Power Rangers show 
um, to receive that award and for very good reason, which we will talk to, which we'll talk about later. Right. So let's talk about our theme song. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Like it goes, we talked about, we talked a little bit about this in Beast Morphers already. We did. Where, um, it goes, theme songs are going from 60 seconds to 30 seconds, uh, because I yep, guess the kids intros. have a low attention. The, the, the intros go from 60 to 30 seconds because I guess they think that kids have a low attention span and they go and they start moving away and they're, and they're moving further and further away from the rock and metal, uh, motif into techno and a little bit of rock. There's some yeah, rock elements this in this way but more it's, techno. Yeah, it is. And it just um, really got, and it just, in all, in all honesty, I just don't think that I just don't think it fits. Um, it, yeah, I don't think it quite fits either. The other thing I don't quite like about this is that it only has a handful of lyrics because it's only 30 seconds and it's mm -hmm. auto tuned. I don't like auto tuning unless yeah, I can, it, unless I can decipher a creative or stylistic reason for having it. Like I listen to Daft Punk music. They auto tune themselves. So that's because their personas are that they're robots. So mm -hmm. I can go along with that. Like if I'm remembering the lyrics, I don't have the lyrics in front of me and we don't necessarily have to look them up, but revolution fighting for the something. cause something. Uh, yeah. But no. it's, it's, it's essentially just go, go power Rangers, dino yeah. fury, burn, you know, let's just yeah. say this is one of those times where Neil Stenson does it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. I agree. So no, enjoy really the cover. We, uh, we, uh, you know, welcomed you with listeners with attitude. That's better than the show. <laughs> gone, gone are the days of really intricate theme songs that actually tell a good story. Um, or I'm at looking least at just you. sound exciting. <laughs> or at least sound <laughs> exciting. I'm writing a theme song either. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, uh, in space. I'm looking at you lost galaxy. I'm, I'm, I mean, hell we like just a couple of episodes ago, we reviewed, uh, dino charge, which has an infinitely better theme song than this. I'm just happy you're coming around on the in space theme. <laughs> well, in th the in space, the in space theme actually does help tell a story and it does ramp up the excitement with five, four, three, two, one Rangers in space. And it does, it does actually have, and we've, I think we, I can't remember what, um, what episode this was when we talked about the, the first time, the first time we talked about this, but it, but, but, but there have been theme songs within power Rangers that really give a sense of like call to a mission or call to adventure. Like, but Dino Fury's theme song just doesn't do that. Yeah, it really does. This is even more so than Beast Morphers. This one really does feel like the Power Rangers show for the streaming era. Get it mm -hmm. over with quickly because people right. just don't like theme songs anymore, but we have to include it because it's right. a trademark it's of Power Rangers. So here's 30 right. seconds. We're done. And yeah. like what? even some of the editing choices that they make in this show feels like even though it was originally on Nickelodeon, it was designed for the streaming era because the endings are very abrupt. Yeah. At point. The theme song, the, it, it, honestly, it's like, it's like as soon as the story is done, boom, it cuts to the credits. Honestly, I mean, if we ever did a ranking episode of theme songs, I can already just tell you right now, Dino Fury is not going to be in the top 10. 
it may it, not even be in, it, it may not even be in the top 20. I'd have to go reevaluate it, but it's probably not going to even be. In I would 20. say at best it's probably mid tier. I mean, there are yeah. far there are worse theme songs in the franchise. Looking at you, Overdrive, but I, it's not my go to. Right, and it just honestly, it may just boil down to it's just not for us. It's just not you know, it just Maybe. may not be for us. Maybe, but like I said, there are, if you want to do a techno theme song, I'm not opposed to that, but there are better examples of techno music out there than this. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, let's move on and talk about, I want to, I want to go ahead and Nathan, I want to go ahead and talk about the suits because it seems as though we, we always forget to talk about the suits in detail, honestly. Uh, We kind of lump them together with talking about the, uh, the Rangers. Right, but I just want to point out that because the because the Dino Fury or Ryu Soldier suits are so unique, at least aesthetically, they have they have this kind of really unique aesthetic to them. I want to go ahead and just jump in and talk about them. So, Nate, what like what did you think about the suits when you went for Dino Fury? It, weirdly enough, it actually took me a little bit to realize that they're supposed to look like night helmets. Probably because uh-huh. the the title of the show doesn't immediately scream they're knights. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. other than the fact that our villain is named Void Knight, but then I realized, oh wait, yo, know, those are their visors look like medieval European knight visors. Uh-huh. Uh, beyond that, I mean, they're fine. I like I like the little lightning bolt design on their chests. The dual color thing is a little weird. I have to say, because all of them will have their on one side on the chest anyway, on the torso. Mm-hmm. On one side of the lightning bolt will be their primary ranger color, which is what most of the rest of the suit will be. But then on the other side, like uh, on the on the torso and on the the left arm, it will be gray, unless your ion who's gold, but then he has blue as this accent color. Right. It's not displeasing to look at but it is a little bit weird i think no no i don't think they're i don't think they're displeasing to look at at all honestly i i just i just i would say that i believe the intern as far as like the modern era as far as like say the last the last 10 years of power like thinking about it within the franchise the last like 10 years of power rangers uh, um, I know my numbers are probably going to be off here, starting with uh, Samurai all the way up to Beast Morphers. I actually like Dino Fury's outfits the best uh, out of out of all of those. I mean, Dino Charge, Dino Charge, their outfits are nice, too. I think they're probably a close second with maybe Beast Morphers rounding out in third. Um but I, I really like, I really do like the, the suits within Dino Fury. Yeah, the power-ups are interesting to look at in this one. I'm not a big fan of their first power-ups, which they call armor, but all it does is cover their right shoulders and a bit of their right arm, and they call it armor. Right, yeah. Like, Guys, yeah. It's the fine. toyeticness is coming through a little bit there. Now, oh, yeah. Later, when we get like the Dino Knight and the Dino mm-hmm. Master, power-ups hmm. which are mostly for zato and ion I, those do look pretty nice i especially do like the dino knight armor i think that looks pretty snazzy uh, looks it's actually a full body of armor hmm. <laughs> i'm sure you hated the dino master suits because that's just how you are <sighs> 
Yes, I did. No capes! <laughs> My name is Michael. No capes! <laughs> you you poor deprived child hurt you. <laughs> no one hurt me no one hurt me but you know it's i do like the asymmetry of these designs like one arm is like it's like you said one arm is silver it's i guess i'm assuming it's supposed to represent chain mail but you wouldn't know that unless you wouldn't know that knowing from the title the, that they're supposed the, to be the knights. one the one-sided armor power up actually makes their sleeves look like chainmail. Yeah, so yeah. So 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 I mean I get it. They're I mean they're good. They're I'm not I'm not I'm I'm trying not to say anything bad about them. I just I like them. They could always be worse. We've seen way worse suits than this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I nothing's going to be if the night and, visors were also supposed to represent teeth like dinosaur teeth. That's that's what maybe. I thought they were at first when I started watching the show. Maybe, but I'm looking at their suits now and it's obviously supposed to be like old timey Victorian night helmets, but they it's just older than Victorian, sir. <laughs> well, whatever. You know what I mean? Arthurian. There we go. It's supposed to be Arthurian night helmets and. I guess they could double as teeth as well, but I think it's mainly just there for like the night aesthetic. Right. Right. And this is what the fourth Sentai and Power Rangers series to have dinosaurs. Oh, uh, let's see. Mighty Morphin. Let's see. Mighty. Yeah. Mighty Morphin, Mighty... Dino Thunder, Dino Charge, and then, yeah, and Dino Fury. Yeah. And then we've talked about it before. Like, you know, if, 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 Saban or uh, Disney or Hasbro is going to do Power Rangers. They actually do well with what is it? Dinosaurs and ninjas. Dinosaurs and ninjas. They do pretty well. Well. It's everything else a little dicey. (laughs) Barring, of course, barring samurai and 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 most of ninja steel ninjas. (laughs) Whatever it doesn't. No, it whatever it doesn't matter. Um. We've seen some consistently good series with dinosaur themed uh, teams. Right. Right. So speaking of dinosaur themed teams, we need to talk about our actual characters. Yes. Uh, And speaking of deaths that get retconned, um, Zato, Zato, uh, played by Russell Curry, he is our Red Ranger. Okay. I... I'm going to lead with a little bit of negativity just to get it out of the way. Sure. I was a tiny bit underwhelmed by Mr. Curry's performance at points. I think by the time you get to the last quarter of episodes, he gets better. Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't always working for me. And since red Rangers are typically the faces of their particular series, you want to make sure that you've got a good actor for your red ranger and he didn't always do it for me i'm I'm not gonna say of the scene where he's telling off void knight with righteous indignation and it just wasn't quite coming through for me mr curry's i will say this i i do not think that i do not think that that zato is a bad red ranger i think he is a good leader i think that the i think the core at its at the core, I think to at, at every at every Red Ranger's core, I should say, they need to at least be a good leader. Um, and I think Zato is a good leader. Now, 
as far as like the performance from from Russell Curry, I think that Russell Curry's performance got better over time. But as we're starting out within the, I would say those first like ten episodes, he's pretty dry, and he and he has his moments where he's pretty dry throughout yeah. the rest of the series. Right. The the shtick with Zato is that he is from a planet called Rafcon, which she mm-hmm. and he's been on Earth for sixty five million years. Right. Trying to find his planet. That's that's one of his big character shticks. He was mm-hmm. a knight on his planet. And so this is he's an alien who's pretending to be human. So there's a little bit of a fish out of water thing going on there. He's unfamiliar with modern days, unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Human and that's really and that's all really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is all good. This is all a good setup. He's all. But it, while he ha- is at a disadvantage with that, with his human compatriots, well, seemingly human compatriots we'll get to that <laughs> he he has the advantage of actually knowing how to do this whole ranger thing so so it's a, ni- it's so, a nice little trade-off so but okay so we have seen this before we we have seen this before and in, in, in particular in a you know in a, in very not the same but similar ways we saw this with uh andros and in in space Right, so, which is why it's interesting. I've heard some people pointing this out because Ion is our sixth ranger, so we have uh-huh. another A and Z, both uh-huh. red and sixth, but uh-huh. they just reversed it. Andros <laughs> and Zane yeah, it's, is Andros yeah. and Zane, and now it's Zato and Ion. Right, <laughs> which I, I just think that's amusing. But so, like I said, the setup for him is good, but there are some, and I don't know if it's the writing or something, but. Or if maybe the writers were trying to indulge in a little bit of kind of office style cringe humor, which mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, it doesn't always work for me because there are some things that they do, especially early on with Zeta, where I'm like, this is not working for me, guys. Like he tried for a hot yeah. second. They tried to make his you know, awkward catchphrase. Cool, cool, coolio. And I'm like, guy, I was with the other characters like, guys, this is not, work- Zeta, stop it. not working. Stop just, it. Just, just, just stop no. it. <laughs> <laughs> stop it I, stop it now <laughs> I, so I was with them there but Zato up until the last couple of episodes Zato's story is arguably the most important out of all of the Rangers because he has a lot of stuff that's going on throughout because he's constantly looking for Rafcon and trying to locate mm-hmm. it and they find little clues and make take some steps toward finding it but they never quite find it so it's this ongoing mystery what happened to rafcon is it still around where is it and stuff like that they even go so far as to have him go to they you know, they managed to get some coordinates for where they think it is and he goes there and the planet's not even there the whole planet had disappeared or moved or right. something and they even went to right. the trouble of accounting for the expansion of the universe over the course of 65 million years and they still couldn't find it. Right. And then we have some big plot twists with that later where they do some pretty ballsy moves because spoiler warning, they do find Rafcon, but once, even once they get to Rafcon, the entire population is gone. And then by Uh the end of the episode, it gets blowed up. So in a way that is, I mean, that is, that is a very that is a very tragic plot line that they were bra- that I w- I don't know if I'd say brave but they were uh, they wrote I mean, in it, it's not something you would typically see I think I mean even you, you and know. I because we were wa- we binged the 
the, you know, this last batch of episodes together. And we were both like, wow, they actually blow it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did not end happily. Cause you would think, oh, he'd find it and then meet his people or something. It might've been something of a plot twist, but we weren't expecting empty planet and blown up. Right. And let me just say this. I, I, I forgot to mention this when we were just kind of talking about an overview of Dino Fury. Dino Fury is a beautifully shot show. And and speaking, and this is actually a good place. To, I think this is a good place to put it in because when we actually, when they actually get to go to Rafcon, like some of that cinematography as we're looking across the quote, the, the Raf, Rafcon, AKA New Zealand, as we're, um, <laughs> As we're looking across the landscape, it is really beautiful cinematography in Dino Fury. It is. I especially like the one where they get to where the, apparently the Rafconian capital city used to be, and Ion and Zato are talk, are reminiscing about growing up there, and they superimpose this sci-fi cityscape over this, you know, this empty meadow. Which looks so, weirdly like the year 3000 from Time Force, but okay. In the year 3000! I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't make that joke in the Time Force episode. I am embarrassed. Anyway, right. I'll yeah. save it but for no, Time this, Ranger. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautifully shot show. And I think that, um, one more thing, and we can, and we can move on. To, well, I have one more story. comment on Zato, and then we'll move on. Right, okay. All right. So I'll, okay. So I'll say this one last thing and we can, we can get that out. But, um, I think that the reason why a lot of fans have really latched on to Dino Fury is because it is such a, a beautifully shot show. Like this is, is, this is the, this is the most, this is the best that Power Rangers has ever looked in its 29 years of existence. Arguably, and I think, yeah. and uh, arguably, this is the best it's ever looked, right. and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of fans love this show because it because Dino Fury gives you those big kind of very cinematic moments, like like when they travel to Rafcon and you're looking at this this pan long shot of the countryside and it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I can't that's why one of the reasons why i can't appreciate dino fury is because of how wonder how high the production value is for this show right and then the other a couple of quick things i'll mention about zato is because he's an alien they give him little antennae that he can attract when necessary which i'm going to be honest with you the makeup on that doesn't always look good (laughs) (laughs) no because sometimes I'm like, I can see where the prosthetic starts on that forehead, sir. <laughs> I can see it even more on you, Ion. <laughs> you might want to lay off the close-ups. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's, no, I, I get it. It's, it's really yeah. funny. It's really and funny. he uh, kind of like Andros to bring in some more Andros comparisons, you know how Andros had telekinesis, which they hardly yeah. ever used for some odd reason. And apparently Rafconians have what I like to call tactile tele- uh, telepathy. It's mm-hmm. actually not unlike Vulcans in Star Trek. They can't read your, they can read your mind, but only if they're touching you. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, which is, a, which, which, which is becomes real, a bit of a plot it, device. For yeah, it does. It, it does. Like it, does. it, 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 it becomes a plot device. It actually, um, plays into the finale 
uh, really well, actually. Like that's one of the most, that's one of the most important ways that they've used it is in the finale and we'll get there. Uh, yeah. but are we, are we, do we want to move on to our next Good ranger? And I think if I think well, of something actually, else, I'll bring it up. <laughs> well, well, actually, oh, wait, now actually I, uh, there's one more thing. Okay. Zato comes across as kind of stoic and a little soft spoken, mm-hmm. which makes some of the Sentai footage a little bit odd because I do think his, it seems to me at points that his Sentai counterpart is a bit more aggressive. <laughs> A bit more hot-headed. A bit more hot-headed, especially the first time he got his Dino Knight power-up. Mm. And I, I'm still not sure because we're neck deep into the era of Power Rangers where you can't hardly tell the difference between Sentai footage and American right, footage yeah. anymore. And he just seemed a bit more aggressive than Zeta would normally be. And so that's just... Unfortunately, I noticed little things like that. But anyway, we can move on. Right. Well, I was going to say that I don't, I think, I think I want to change up our notes just a little bit. And I want, since we're already talking about Zato, I want to talk about Amelia, if that's okay. Because our pink ranger. Okay. Our pink ranger. I want to yeah. talk about Amelia because I think that the two talking about Zato and then talking about Amelia, I think, I think it, they blend into each other really right. well. So let's Amelia move, let's move Jones. on. Amelia Jones. Played by Hunter Dino. I did not know that Hunter was a unisex name until I didn't I know that either, show. but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we said, Z- I said Zato was arguably the most important Ranger until mm-hmm. the last few episodes. And then we yeah. got some big plot twists with Amelia. Right. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how well they work. Mostly, be- <sighs> and then also, I think they threw in. I think maybe one too many. <laughs> you know, I think I think it works to some degree and we can, you know, because Amelia works for Blood Amelia works for Buzz Blast as a uh was a Buzz Blast. Report. Totally Buzz, not. <laughs> bu- Buzz Blast. What I say? <laughs> I'm just saying no, it's totally not uh, what is it again? Buzzfeed. 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 I was like, no one can. I was like, totally it's so Buzzfeed. irrelevant yeah. now. No one can. I can't even remember the name. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't she, think. So I don't she, think Buzzfeed has been a rele- I don't think Buzzfeed has been relevant for a while. Yeah, but um, so she's a she's an online reporter for a funny little website. She's trying to. She's kind of ambitious. She's trying to work her way up, but she has a weird fascination with the paranormal, and everyone's like, "You're weird." I'm like. Do you people forget what universe you're in? (laughs) Hearing her talk about Bigfoot and ghosts is not that weird when your planet is frequently invaded by aliens and there are kaiju popping up in cities all over California at least every other week. (laughs) And there are giant robots and people in spandex. It's not spandex! Saving your hides every week. I just... Right. I don't understand. Right. Now I, I will slightly disagree with you in saying that I, that I think they, I think that they forecasted the, I I think they forecasted uh, Amelia's arc, but I don't know how well they forecasted it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not that it's not, it's my problem is not that there wasn't foreshadowing or that it, I'm not going to say that they came up with this, late in the game. I don't think mm-hmm. that was necessarily the case. No, I think this was I the plan all along. 
Yeah, I, I think it was the plan all along. They just I just don't feel like they developed it enough. So when both, because we get two in the span mm-hmm. of about an episode and a half, we get two big plot twists with her. And I was, okay, I was fine with one of them, but I thought another one was going a little far. Right. And yeah. that being, for the first one we find out, is that she's Rafconian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they slightly telegraph with, you know, she has a very, we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. We'll get to this character in a, in a, in a little bit, but they, she has a very strong relationship with her grandfather, AKA pop pop. Um, and she was, uh, adopted essentially. She doesn't know yeah. who her parents are. Yeah. But so that, but that, that but, actually goes better with the second plot twist that we get. Mm-hmm. Not right. that she's an alien because I, cause I was thinking about this like, how does nobody figure out that she's Rafconian? In fact, the first time Zato meets her, he does a mind read on her to make sure that she's not yeah. an enemy. Plot hole. Plot yeah. hole. Yeah, and he doesn't figure it out. Now, like, I think they try to explain it a little bit later because both Zato and Ion said, oh, Rafconian children don't always get their antennae, which I guess is supposed to mean that they don't get their mind reading powers until the antennae develop. They said they don't always get them at the same time. And Ion said, I was a late bloomer and I didn't get mine until later. I got teased by the kids at school. And, but he said that they, I think he said something about they either just develop on their own or in a moment of duress. And I'm like, she has spent the better part of a year, if not longer, being a Power Ranger. You're telling me that at no point those antennae are like, I'm about to die at the hands of a monster. Boink. Right. So, so it took again, her grandfather nearly died, or her, not really her grandfather, her adoptive father. Yeah. It took her adopted father nearly dying for the things to pop out. Like, come the frick on, okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> come the frick on. So there's there's a lot there's a lot about Amelia's story that that doesn't make sense. I won't hit Ratmaster for that. It's not worth it. But. No, it's not. No, I don't think I don't think I don't think there's any. I I can't think of anything that's coming up in this discussion that's going to be Ratmaster worthy. But um, I just don't. I understand where the writers were going. I just feel like it was a plot hole to, to go. I I think this was the plan all along. I just think that they didn't quite, they just didn't quite like add up all the pieces because like you said, Zato does a mind read on her when they first meet each other because it's her, it's her and Ollie that meet Zato for the first time. And that he does a mind read on both of them. Wouldn't he have seen that, she was the child of two of our villain characters that we discover later. Well, I don't know if she would have known, but I, he, I think he, he would have detected at least something. I mean, it also something. starts beg, it also starts begging questions like how did she, how did none of this stuff ever get discovered when she like, I don't know, just went and visited the doctor is mm-hmm. Rafconian and human DNA that close. That no one, like if she ever had a blood test or something, I know I'm, compl- I'm reading, I'm doing far more, th- putting more, far more thought into this than is probably necessary. Well, but, you, you're putting far more, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, but you're, you're, you're putting far more thought into this than what the, the, the showrunners probably did. Probably, but I'm just like, or me, nobody would have discovered this at any point, whether it was oh, a doctor or somebody else. Or, or 
this does get addressed, but it just ended up on the cutting room floor for the sake of time, which is also it, it's a possible. But I'm just saying, I feel like that went a little far. And by extension, we'll get, we'll, I'll save it for when we actually talk about them, but we find out that a couple of other characters are also Rafconian, which I think might have been a little much. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm fine with them being aliens, but making them all Rafconian, I'm like, okay, I think you're going a little far with it. But the other big plot twist, and we'll save this plot twist for later because mm-hmm. it's spoiler warning. She's the daughter of our main villains. Now, yes. that plot twist, I'm mostly okay with. Same. Yeah, I was mostly okay with that as well. Yeah. So that was our second one. Now, if we're just talking about her as a character, I do think. Amelia fits very nicely into our pink ranger, pink archetype. ranger archetype. She's, yeah. she's, she's pretty feminine. She's very compassionate. You know, she's, she's definitely a very strong feminine influence for this team. And I think that's what mm-hmm. you, it, you always want to have that in right. shows like this, even though we, she's one of two girls on this team. I think she, she's the one who has to bring more of the feminine energy, which we'll talk about that a little later. Right. So, so out of all the, out of all the pink Rangers that we've seen so far, we're like, who is Amelia the most like in your opinion? Who is she the most like? Uh, that's, hmm. Uh, who is the girl from what? Maybe, oh crap. What is her name? Uh, from Dino Charge. Oh, Kira. Not Ki- no, no, not Kira, not Kira, Shelby, 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 probably Shelby more than the other one. She's not, uh, she's not a gymnast or athlete uh, or, you know, an athlete like Kim <clears throat> she, or, uh, or cat. She's not a nerd like Kendricks. She's not uh, you know, a take charge sort of woman like Jen, you know? So I would probably say Shelby would be, she's closer to that. But in terms of just how she fits within the the Pink Ranger archetype, I think she's a lot like Alyssa from Wild Force. I can see that. I can see that. But yeah. yeah. So you could make the argument, and I've listened to some other podcasts that have discussed Dino Fury. You could make the argument that she ends up being the most important character because, mm-hmm. as we'll talk about with the Voids, which I have to agree with, Ollie sounds like a great band name. <laughs> or is it Javi who said that? One of them did. It does one sound of like them. a great yeah, band Yeah, it was one name. of the boys. Yeah, it was one of the boys. Yeah. The, you could argue that she's the whole reason the whole show even happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I've also right. heard some people try to say she's one of the best Pink Rangers ever. I don't think I would go that far, but... Mm, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I've... It's that's that's a tough claim to that's a tough that would be a tough claim for me to make only because only because only because we have the context of watching throughout this year a bunch of really great pink rangers. Yeah. So I wouldn't go that far, but like I said, I do. Th- I think there are a lot of people in Ranger Nation who are still in the honeymoon phase, and I, I like I a get little it. bit. It's the new a hotness, but let's let's. Scale it down a little bit, okay? Mr. Hyperbolic here is still not willing to get that hyperbolic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wait, who are you calling me? Who are you calling hyper? Are you calling me hyperbolic? Uh, no, I'm or calling me hyperbolic, you goofball. Okay. I was, uh, was going to say, are you or are you finally admitting that you can be super hyperbolic? I'm just saying. I'm saying I can't be hyperbolic unless uh, uh, unless it involves nostalgia and corsets. So, Ollie, our Blue Ranger. Um, Ollie. <laughs> Ollie Akana. I think it's Akana. I'm ho- I'm ho- I think it's Akana. Ali Akana, uh, played by Kai Moya. 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 I think it's Moya. Moya. I think it's. I Moya could be too. wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. If we get your name wrong, sir, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Kai Moya. I'm gonna go with Moya because Moya actually sounds like it. It's probably the right <laughs> word. So anyway, Ali is our moist? Blue Ranger. Moista. Wait. The- <laughs> no, I hate the word moist. Moving on. Um. Ali. <laughs> Ali. He's a te- he's a tech nerd. He, he is a tech uh, He is. He's also a skeptic, which again, did a you very forget what universe you live in, sir? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's very close to his mother. Very, very close to his mother. Yes. Although his mother is very helpful. We'll talk about it. Oh, her. yeah. Yeah. Especially after she finds out that, you know, who the Rangers are, she becomes like a, she becomes more of a civilian ally, which we've talked a lot about on this show. We really love civilian allies when they're done really well. We do. We do. So he literally bumps into Amelia in the first episode. They are are the first characters we meet. And mm-hmm. as you would expect, eventually they get together. Eventually, and then, yes. And then they fall victim to the mighty Morphin cock blockers. Because <laughs> <laughs> the poor kid, the poor kid nearly dies after getting mind controlled by the bad guys. We and then we can ha- and, and then Amelia has this little moment. It's like I like you. I do actually like it. Like there was like it was this whole Valentine's Day episode where he yeah. got flustered and he because he was gonna give it was gonna give her a card and daisies and he got flustered because of stuff going on you know at Buzz Blast and because he saw a couple fight and break up and then he panicked and you know it just couldn't do it and then. Um, it turns out Amelia likes him too. So there's been, a, there was a little bit of tension there. And then she's mm-hmm. like, I just want you to know I like you too, because she thought that there was another girl. He made up yeah. a story about another girl and she got upset. Yeah. And then yeah. he wakes up, he wakes up, uh, it, actually her telling him while he's in a coma that she likes him breaks the hold. And then he wakes up and they're about to have a wonderful little smooch and then the rest of the team barges in and i'm just like guys <laughs> yeah i mean come on we we've, we've we've seen um we've seen a surprising amount of cheek kissing in the last few seasons that we've watched uh we even get some cheek kissing in dino fury but every stink in time someone is about to seal the deal with an actual mouth to mouth kiss they get cock blocked so yeah. come on guys yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. Besides that, th- yeah, like I said, Ollie, it, he's a skeptic. He's very scientifically minded. He's pretty yes. serious, too. Uh, he's, he, yeah, he's not as uh, quick with a joke as the rest of them are, which I would I think say for some people made him a little annoying. I would, I would say that he is a lot more stoic than even Zato. Because Zato is supposed to be stoic, but I would even argue that Ali is more stoic than than Zato. I can see that because now, he all, because all, like unless it, unless it involves his mother. 
And yeah, unless he, unless it involves his mother. Yeah. Cause there is a really fun episode where they go to Japan, uh, where his mother is working on a special project. <laughs> they didn't go visit Gaijin city. In, from Samurai. Yeah. They actually, they actually visited Japan with real actually people. Like Japan. <laughs> yes. With real Japanese people who, who would have known that, that power Japanese people that. live in Japan. What? <laughs> That's not what Samurai told us. <laughs> I was going to say, if no one is getting the joke, if this is your first episode, if no one is getting the joke, go listen to our episode uh, with our friends from Zio to Hero. Yeah, I was going to say, listen samurai. to Billy and Jimmy just break. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Go listen. Go listen to our Samurai and Super Samurai episode. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, look, he is, he is the first, he is the first power ranger that I know of that got turned into his very own action figure (laughs) in universe. Save that for the awards. (laughs) (laughs) That that was one, that was one of the greatest moments in the show. (laughs) I'm just saying, but yeah, (laughs) the other thing that was kind of interesting with him is Mm -hmm. because his mother started helping the Rangers out a lot. He actually decides I should probably disguise my voice a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just more proof that maybe, <laughs> maybe they should start putting voice modulators on these helmets. A just little. Saying. Yeah. That would be a yeah. lot. Help. Well, that would be actually uh, helpful. Amelia does that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a couple of them actually tried to disguise their voices a little bit. And they, they play it for laughs a little bit. Cause there are points where like, if he, you know, he has a, an emotional response, seeing his mom and he'll do things like hug her, but she doesn't know he's the blue Ranger. And she's like, what are you doing? He was like, Oh, I'm just making sure you're okay, ma'am. <laughs> if I'm, re- if I'm remembering correctly, I think, yeah, the, the voice, th- them, the, the shtick about them changing their voices does come into play much, much like later in the series towards the end, uh, with a Ranger, uh, talking to a civilian and the civilian shares a really intimate detail about, yeah, which about some, we'll about talk somebody. about, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, but um, I, I do think that what Ollie brings to the team, even though, like I said, some people probably, I think some people found him a little annoying because they thought he was a little stuck up, which I think is the point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he, I will not go as far as to say Ollie feels entitled but he does have that he does he does have that episode where and I don't necessarily think this is entitlement, but it's just like um, he's talking about buying a new laptop or whatever, like always needing the latest and greatest in technology right. and whatever's like being being ahead of the curve in technology and buying a new laptop and freaking out about it and all that stuff. I can't the 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 actual details of the episode are escaping me at the moment, but um but he is a little bit, I would say, is it fair to say that Ollie is a little bit more on the pretentious side, but in, but pretentious as far as being, uh, um, all. but yeah, I know it all. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. There, That's how I would describe him. He's a little bit of a know-it-all, but he does get sufficiently humbled uh, throughout the show oh, yeah. to the point where I don't think it's as much of a problem. And when him and Amelia got together, it felt appropriate. And he even says, even though, again, did you forget what universe you're in? He's, he starts going along a little bit more with Amelia because Amelia, Amelia, which I guess is supposed to be foreshadowing is obsessed with the paranormal. And he starts being more open to the idea of paranormal Mm. things existing. Okay. 
Do we have any more to talk about with Ollie before we move on to our next Ranger? I don't think so. So now let's move on to our green Ranger, Izzy yeah. Garcia, pl- played by Tessa Real. Now, no, um, Rao. It's Rao. Rao. Is it Rao or Re- Oh, I always it's say Rao. Rao. I don't. <laughs> okay, whatever. Tessa. I'm sorry, Tessa Rao. See, I, Tessa I've been Rao. saying, I've been saying Real or Real forever. I guess I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Sorry That's to yeah. all the Izzy. <laughs> Sorry to all the Izzy fans out there. Um, I've been saying her last name the wrong. I've been saying her last name damn wrong for the damn it. Uh, anyway, um, use your words. Although, interestingly, she was actually the second casting choice. We've talked before about. No, oh, yeah, yeah. There yeah. were some uh, Rangers that get they announced the cast and then one of the characters gets recast before. We talked about that with, with uh, Ninja Steel. So hmm. we have another one here. There, uh, she was a. This character was originally going to be played by Alexandria uh, Alexandra Nunez, and I bring hmm. that up because we mentioned before that on Kaiju Weekly, when you guys talked about that, and I remember that conversation very distinctly. It was originally Alexandra Nunez. Uh, yes, because if I'm not because there was a big deal surrounding her being um, the first female, not only just the first female Green Ranger, but I. I could have sworn that it's the first, she was maybe supposed to be the first female green ranger with middle Eastern, uh, with middle Eastern descent. Uh, If I'm remember, I haven't, I haven't gone back to listen to that episode in a while. I probably should have before we recorded this, at least listen to the, the news section where we discussed it. But yeah. Um, but this was not the original actress. Uh, that was supposed to be cast for Izzy Garcia. Uh, we really can't find anything other than just yeah, no one it knows why it was. It just was didn't work out. I mean, but recastings happen all the time. I think there was some recasting. There was actually there was definitely some recasting happening with uh, with Ninja Steel. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't because our Yellow Rangers were supposed to be different. Right. Um, right. So and recasting what, ha- recasting happens all the time in Power Rangers. Right. And what makes this interesting is that you know, this she had her step brother. So we have step siblings. Mm-hmm. Is which is a really Black interesting, Ranger, which is which, really, which is a really unique dynamic because I think what is this the first time we've gotten step siblings? In according Power to the Ranger Wiki, this is the first time we've had step siblings on the Ranger team. Okay. It's not the first time we've had siblings on the Ranger no. team. We've had that before. We've had uh, we all we had sisters. We've had brothers. Uh, I think we've had have we had brother and sister before? I think. Um, I'm trying to think. There's been I can't remember offhand, but we've regardless, had two brother, we've had brother. Yeah, regardless, like we've had family dynamics within the Rangers before, but this is the first time that this particular family dynamic has been highlighted, right. which uh, showcases that Power Rangers is is trying to branch out and showcase different types of families right. within the franchise, and by having right. a and by having two step siblings is a is something unique for this show. Right. And the other thing that should be mentioned that (laughs) this show is actually getting back to an old, I guess you could say an old Power Rangers tradition that they haven't done. I think, I don't think they've done this since wild force. I want to say, but it's a gender swapped Ranger. Her Sentai counterpart is male. Yes. And well, you can tell in some of the Sentai footage, but (laughs) (laughs) 
I digress. I and that's look, and that's not me being. I'm not being mean to. I'm not me. I'm not be, me being mean to Izzy or anything like that. I'm just well, saying that in in certain footage, in certain bits of footage, you can definitely tell. But and you can not only that, but you can. They call. Let's just say they call attention to it. So. Izzy's a big deal for a lot of people in the fandom, much, a much bigger deal to certain people, a much bigger deal to some people than others. She's not as big a deal to you and me, Michael, but the, she is a first, she is the first LGBT Ranger in the main show. She's not, she's Mm. technically not. I want to say, I think I said this in a previous episode. She's technically not the first LGBT Ranger in the entire franchise. That title, as far as I know, belongs to 2017 Trini mm-hmm. from the 2017 movie. And right. there are a pair of alien lesbians in the Boom Studios comics. I, in fact, mm-hmm. I just uh, I just finished reading Beyond the Grid a f- uh, month or so ago, and they were mm-hmm. they f- they were featured heavily in that. Mm-hmm. So I bring that up because it, this was one of the things that people just gushed over with Izzy, and I understand. It, you know, it, it, it is a big deal, but there were people trying to say she's the first LGBT ranger in the whole franchise. That is factually incorrect, but you know, regardless, she's still regardless, a big deal. Regardless. She's still a big deal. She's still important to, a, she's still important to a large swath of the fan base. Um, what makes, I, I believe what, what distinguishes Izzy from, uh, from the rest of those, uh, from the rest of those Rangers, from the rest, from uh, 2017 Trini and from the Boom Studios comics characters, uh, what distinguishes her here is this is the first time in a mainline Power Rangers show made, for, and people have made a, a big deal of just highlighting this, made for the audience of uh, children to young adults that is openly gay. Like she, right. we meet, we meet her. We um, there's a whole episode uh, called The Matchmaker that touches on this. I, um, we'll talk a little bit about the matchmaker, uh, in passing, but I honestly think in comparison to some episodes that we would get later, uh, specifically like stitched up and what's the other one, the words, un- especially words, things unspoken, unspoken. Things, unspoken. things unspoken, things unspoken, things unspoken, things unspoken, things unspoken was a, was a infinitely better uh, written episode in, right. in my opinion, than, than the, than the matchmaker. I understand right. like, like the matchmaker is still important because that that's the first time we are, we are exposed to, or we are greeted with the first LGBTQ plus Ranger. Uh, and that's, and that is a big deal. That's all. There's a whole re there's a reason why in our opening thoughts and, uh, um, uh, background that, you know, we had to, we, we felt it was important to mention that this show was nominated for a, or one actually won, uh, a yeah. glad award yeah. uh, that actually won a glad award, which is, yeah. a, a, which is a huge deal for this franchise. Yeah. Now you know, talking about the matchmaker and again, prefacing this by saying her other focus episodes, the focus on her and Fern, which is her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We, we, we would say those are handled better. What made this a little bit weird, the matchmaker for me personally made it a little bit weird is that we had seen Izzy on the team for, I guess what, she shows up in what episode four and then yeah, the matchmakers episode you're talking about skirt. You uh, talk about skirt gate. Yeah. Skirt gate. We'll talk about skirt gate in a moment, yeah, but, it's, it's, but then, it's, uh, it's but so then the matchmakers okay. episode 13. So she's been there for about nine episodes and mm. I felt like the revelation about her sexuality came a 
little out of nowhere. I didn't feel proper. It didn't feel properly set up. Now you could argue that skirt gate. That's what people were calling it was a foreshadowing of it. But I read that as her being a tomboy because she is far from being the first tomboy in Power Rangers. And it's also a little bit of a joke about how they gender swapped the mm. the character going from Sentai to Power Rangers. Because when she right. first morphs, it's a green suit. By the way, when they do the little flashback to Zato's old team that previously had the morphers. Mm-hmm. And when they do some flashbacks and when they do the thing where he has to fight the phantoms, basically of that team, it is the green ranger suit with the skirt. But Mm -hmm. anyway, she morphs the first time and she just rips the skirt off and says, that's not really my style. And then goes and proceeds to kick some butt. I just read that as her being a tomboy, my sister, I have a younger sister. She's a tomboy. She's never been into dresses and skirts. So I didn't think anything of it. And she's, far from the first girl ranger to not wear a skirt. A lot of the gender swap yellow rangers have not worn skirts, obviously. Or you go back to SPD, neither of the girls who were not gender swapped, as far as I know, I don't think they were, from the Sentai, they didn't wear skirts. And we talked about that because that was we said that those suits are meant to be more tactical. So exactly. they're not going to put skirts on them. Right, yeah. So I didn't think anything yeah. of it. But then we get to episode 13, and I'm going to be honest with you, the whole ep- I know people love that episode, and I understand why it is important in the history of the franchise, and it's a big deal because that's when it's all revealed. But I couldn't get into that episode. The entire thing just came across as a, at best, mediocre sitcom episode. That's what it really felt like. I did not find a lot of the awkward humor to be all that funny. And then it kind of makes her brother look like an idiot because <laughs> the whole yeah, premise because- of the episode <laughs> is he's trying to fix her up with a boy because somehow, even though he's the older brother, nobody ever had any sort of idea that she was into girls. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it just made her brother look like an idiot. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I'm just the the writer in me just wants to kind of script doctor that episode a little bit and just kind of tweak it. So it's like, you can make this work if that's what you want, but you need to do, you know, some things here and there. Like there's another boy that, you know, cause Izzy's a high school athlete. She's the youngest one of the team. Mm-hmm. All the she's rest of the Rangers she's are a, basically young professionals. She's a track star. She's yeah, a track she's star. A track star. Boy, our friend Jack had opinions about her as a track star. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because our friend, our friend, because our friend Jack is actually a track coach. He's a track coach, I, Jack uh, Hudgens. Yeah, he man, Jack. He was yeah, he was on our uh, 2017 episode. 2017 movie. Yeah, movie. yeah, he had, yeah. he had opinions, and it was <laughs> wow. If you thought I could rant, master, <laughs> let's just say he's not impressed with her as a track athlete. <laughs> 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 but regardless, regardless. <laughs> uh, so there's another boy and ha- and Javi is like, uh, oh, yeah, he's like, oh, I bet they like each other. I'm going to fix them up. But even the boy is not all is not interested. So I'm like, OK, first off, if you had let the boy at least be kind of interested, that would yeah, that would have uh, made yeah. it easier because it just look, makes yeah. Javi look like a jerk who's just trying to fix up two people who have right. no interest in being fixed up. 
Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Javi just, that's the thing. And I know this is like, this is a, this is an Izzy focused episode and I, and I'm trying not, and I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be harsh when I say this. So I hope this doesn't, I hope this doesn't come off harsh, Nathan, but I don't like it when, when shows, um, make care, make certain characters that would not normally come off as idiotic. I hate it when they make them idiotic to elevate other characters. Does right. that make sense? Oh yeah, no, it make makes sense? total sense. Cause that's definitely what yeah. happens here. And, and then the other thing you, that, what? Because I, because I, because I think there's a way you could have elevated, you could have still elevated Izzy and you could have still made this episode. You could have still made this episode really important without making Javi look like a, look like a jerk does that make does that does oh. that make sense oh totally i'm totally with you there because that would have been and i think there are little things that could have been done to help improve that the bad guys mm. get involved with this because they tried to slither masquerades as the other boy slither slither and then they kidnap the real kid and hold him hostage so you know it's all like in true superhero and power ranger fashion they meld the two plus the civilian and the superhero plots together at points to ramp up the drama it creates conflict between izzy and her brother which i'm which makes total sense but then that runs into one of my other quibbles with this episode because there's never a point where because as far as we know again as far as we know javi didn't know that she was into girls Mm-hmm. And there's no acknowledgement of that on his part where, and I understand it's Power Rangers. It's a kid show. It's not even that kind of a Power Ranger show where you want to make a huge deal out of it. But if there had been some sort of acknowledgement on his point, like if he had said to her, you know, sis, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then she could have said, well, now you do or something like that. And then, you know, they're fine. And they yeah. move on with their, and then they move on with their lives and her and Fern get to go hold hands and everybody's happy. Yeah, it's, and it's not even an, it's not even apologizing for, um, I don't know how else to say this, but thinking she was for assuming she was straight. Right. It's, a, it's apologizing for overstepping when he should have just, when he should have just let his sister you know, make her own decisions. Does that make sense? Right. It- no, it may, and that makes total sense. But, and I think, like I said, that's, that is already kind of baked into this episode. Again, with a little bit of tweaking, I think you could have given it a little bit more impact and not to get too weird and, you know, trying to make this hyper-realistic, but again, rain power Rangers has been brave enough to tackle some pretty weighty issues like divorce and things like that. I think it would have at least been a nice, nod for people who in real life you know deal with stuff like that when you know they have siblings or family members or friends or whatever who they get to a certain age and they figure out oh i'm gay and that's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a shock for a lot of people because you're just not used to thinking of them in that way like i said you don't have to make a huge deal about it it just has to be a little thing and then you can move on right it's not i just like my big thing about the matchmaker is i just didn't like the fact that that they made Javi look like a jerk to, you know, elevate Izzy when they could have just as easily not made him look like a jerk, but still elevated the importance of that episode. And, um, I just, I just think that I just personally, in my own personal opinion, I think that in comparison to what we get with 
um, uh, stitched up, which is a couple of episodes later, which deals with Izzy and her mom. And then you get uh, things yeah, left uh, unsaid. Because uh, Izzy was going to the prom. Right. And, and then you her get, mom wanted to make her a suit to wear because Fern was going to wear the dress. Right. And then that turns right. into, and I will say this, I actually liked, I actually do like how that episode was handled. Admittedly, it did kind of walk up to the line of almost being a very special episode at points, but I did like the idea that it's a huge misunderstanding and Izzy overreacts. And then it's Izzy who goes to her mom and says, I'm sorry. Look, mm-hmm. I, I threw the dress out because it got sent to me by accident, but it's supposed to be ferns. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. make a, make it up by working on a new dress together for Fern. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I liked how they handled that because Izzy's not a perfect character. None of these characters are perfect. They all have yeah. shortcomings, some major shortcomings. And I do think Izzy has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. She overreacts a little bit at points which will play into our theme for this season. Mm-hmm. So I, I, so I do appreciate that. And then the, you know, the episode we've been hinting at with things unspoken, which actually uses the superhero setup to, in an interesting fashion, because a Fern and Izzy's dad are off in the woods together and they get accosted by the monster of the week. Izzy comes in as the green Ranger and saves them. And then is trying to make sure that they're safe and Fern is having a panic attack because mm-hmm. she's worried that Izzy's not safe because Izzy had to run off to go morph. <laughs> so she's like, I have to make sure she's okay. I, I love her. And then Izzy overhears that and it becomes this thing. And then it leads to a scene that I actually was like, you know, as far as, you know, identity revelation scenes go in Power Rangers, surprisingly well handled because she's kind of playing the, if I was a Power Ranger after yeah, it's, saying, it's, I love you to, to Fern. And she's like, wait, how did you know that? I never said that to anybody except mm-hmm. it's like, if I was a Power Ranger, you know, and kind of continue. So then without, it basically nudge, nudge, says wink, she's wink. a Power Ranger without saying she's a Power It's like, it's almost like an internet meme, right? Tell me you're a Power Ranger without telling me you're a without Power Ranger. Without telling me you're a Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, so I'm like, okay, I do like how that was handled. I do like how that was handled. Oh, I, so. I, I think, and 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 I'm I'm not trying to like disrespect the 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 her initial the the initial revelation. I'm just saying, in comparison, in comparison to stitched up and things left and things unsaid, unspoken. I just unspoke things unspoken. I ser- I just think, in my opinion, that the matchmaker feels the most like a quote very special episode. And that may, and that might, and you know, that might be intentional. That might be on, that might be on purpose just to kind of get it out there uh, and then start moving on and establishing the character on a deeper level. I think you probably needed that kind of um, that you needed that kind of abrupt revelation to, so that you can move on and build off of that. Right. So credit where credit is due. They didn't fall into the trap that a lot of writers, especially in Hollywood fall into when they're making quote unquote minority characters, where they just so define the character by whatever their minority identity is that there's nothing else to them. Yeah. And I, I don't think that drives a lot of people crazy. Yeah. We've talked about, we've talked a lot on this show about how we believe that kids are smarter than that. And 
I don't think that kids nowadays need that type of handholding. I just, I just don't think so. Like you can, you can have, you can have well-written, well-rounded characters that just are good characters, regardless of their, uh, of their identity or, or nationality or whatever, regardless, regardless of their identity, you can still have really good characters. And I, I don't think you need to hold kids hand. You don't need to hold kids hands in that way. Yeah, for sure. But speaking of her brother, Javi Garcia played by chance Perez. That is her older brother. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. minus the matchmaker he's generally not an idiot or a jerk (laughs) right yeah actually actually javi i know javi's a javi's a really popular character within this show i think he's fine you know as far as like as far as ranger archetypes goes he's black ranger i think i'm just reminding everybody black Ranger. yeah he's a he's he's our black ranger uh as far as ranger archetypes goes i i mean he's he's not He's not overly outstanding, but then again, he's not terrible either. Does that yeah, make sense? He, I think he's supposed to be the uh, life of the party sort of ranger. He's yeah. I guess that's, compare yeah. him to anybody. It would probably be somebody like Zach, but he's a musician, mm-hmm. not a dancer. Right. Right. And exactly. he's a very talented musician. He can play multiple instruments. We find in out real in real life, actually. Yeah. Well, he's he, he's a real life musician too. Yeah, but we find out that yeah that the character is proficient with several instruments. He can play guitar, bass. What else was in that? Uh, a harmonica, a keytar. Yeah, something. Like, he, like, in he fact, he a gets a job because, at Buzz Blast because he wants to buy a keytar. A keytar. Yeah, and they have a really interesting. There's a there's a whole focus. He's episode a keytar hero. There's a whole focus episode similar. <laughs> Actually, honestly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, there is a whole. It took a second for that to sink in. <laughs> I know. There is a, much like Izzy and her mom, there is a whole episode with Javi and his dad where Javi's dad believes that Javi is wasting his time on music. Yeah. I. How much are you willing to bet that, that Mr. Garcia and commander mom dated for a little while in high school or something (laughs) i mean we're not going there anyway um no i'm not i'm not trying to imply that that she's the mother i'm trying to say like because their their mindsets are a little bit similar Oh, well, yeah, that actually, because his dad's a lot more like kind of hard nosed. Well, let's say he's hard nosed. He's not really hard nosed. Mr. Garcia is not hard. He's just practical. Yeah. Which is, that's where a lot of the conflict stems between him and his dad. He wants, he's trying to be a musician, you know, which that is a very real thing. A lot. I, it's a little bit of a cliche you could argue, but I think it's a cliche because it's something that happens a lot. If someone tries to, pursue something in the arts the mm-hmm. parents may not necessarily understand why because it doesn't seem well, it goes into this it doesn't seem immediately practical you know, something well you it plays it, 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 it plays into this this whole idea of like quote star the starving artist you know it's right. like you can't make money with your art uh you know it's it, it plays into a little bit of that stigma or stereotype however you want to phrase it but you know, just strictly speaking of, of Javi as a character. I like Javi. Uh, I think he has a lot of really interesting episodes. He, he, you know, he, he does, uh, get to 
he does get to be really involved with the team as far as like, you know, being like really, really contributing. He's just not my favorite character of this, of this team of Rangers. Yeah, I would agree with you there, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how distinctive a lot of these characters are. I mean, they're, they're distinctive in their own ways. They're just not, um, I will say, I will say that these characters are not like strictly archetypal. They are not, they are definitely not the archetypes we started with, with Mighty Morphin, because those archetypes were very clear cut. Like those those archetypes, you had, you had the, the jock, the nerd, the princess, the stoic Asian girl, uh, and then the life of the party with, with Zach. Like those were the archetypes for those were the archetypes for Mighty Morphin. The lines are a little bit blurry. Sensitive soul with Tommy, (laughs) and the sensitive and the and the and the what is it? The the warrior poet. There we go. Yeah, the warrior poet with with the sensitive soul, but also can kick your ass at any given moment. (laughs) Um, so with with Tommy Oliver, and we see some of that here with Dino Fury, but a lot of those archetypes have shifted and moved over, over the years. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think, I just think that these, these Rangers in Dino Fury have sort of in a way carved out their own identity. So it's just really hard to match them with any given with a, with any established archetype. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But I would also say, I know some people might t- take umbrage with us, but I don't think I would rank any of these characters as, hall of fame rangers not really but i wouldn't I mean, but no. i wouldn't but i also wouldn't rank dino fury as a hall of fame series in power rangers. if i like objectively like sp- like speaking about like the seasons that i care about and and along this journey like you you and i nathan have had the have had the have had the pleasure or have had the privilege of watching all of these seasons essentially back to back. So we've seen the progression of the franchise through the years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start thinking about like the Dino Fury team compared to uh, like the in space team or the time force team or the SPD team, or even the lost galaxy team, like those past Ranger teams, they fall short in a lot more ways than what they, than, than what they're able to um Excel. Does that make sense? Does that, does it also make sense? That also makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I just, I, I'm not saying that the, the, we're, I'm not in, I'm not in any way saying this is the, this is a terrible Ranger team. No, this is not Samurai. It's not Mega no, Force. It's, it's, no. it's not no. Operation Overdrive. We're not saying that. I'm just saying they, that you know, this, I would say they, this is a good team, but I wouldn't call them great. I'm, I'm having a hard, honestly, I'm having a, even during this conversation, I'm having a really hard time with, with Dino Fury because I see a lot of potential, but I also see a lot of missed potential with, with Dino Fury. Right. Right. And speaking of, well, I don't know if that's a fair thing to say, but uh, I'll use the lame transition. I was speaking of missed potential. Eh. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair, but Ion, our sixth Ranger played by Jordan fight who I'm still trying to place that accent. <laughs> I, I think he, he's a Kiwi, but I'm like, is he going for an American accent? I'm not sure what kind of a, what, what, I'm not I, sure I what he's know. doing there. But anyway, he's our gold ranger, our sixth ranger. As sixth rangers go, he's okay. He was probably the most interesting when he first showed up because mm-hmm. 
for one thing, he gets awakened by, and we'll talk about them in a moment, probably one of the biggest things that Dino Fury contributed to the franchise as a whole, but he's awakened by one of the Morphin Masters and told that he has an important mission. So when he first shows up, he's a little bit mysterious, and he's always questioning Zato because he's a knight of Rathcon like Zato, and they were comrades. And basically, we find out in the backstory that Rathcon made the Sporex, which becomes the Sporex Beast, which are our monsters of the week. And it was an it was a it was a failed experiment that went horribly awry, as usually does. And hmm. Zato supported the decision to make them. Ion didn't, and they even came to blows over it. But hmm. in the but in the end, the Sporex were unleashed. So, which I think is an episode title, not other thing about it. <laughs> but so when he first shows up, there's that built-in tension already where he's basically saying, no, I should be the team leader because Zato is terrible. Right. But then by the end of that first episode, he realizes, okay, that I'm probably not the best one to lead this team. So he steps down in a you know, in a moment of humility and says, okay, Zato, you can still be in charge. And then after that, he's mostly obsessed with ice cream. So there's a little bit of trauma built in also to his and, and Zato's relationship, you know, uh, going back to the decision that they were a part of to unleash the, to unleash the, the Sporex beasts. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But like I said, that's early on. That's when he's the most interesting. And then after that, he's almost more of a comic relief character until later on when he's like, I have to fulfill the Morphin Master prophecy. And then that and then all ends of a up coming to a bit of an underwhelming conclusion. <laughs> right. I, I know this is going to sound really harsh and I try not to be so negative uh, when we're talking about these seasons. And, but I just, I, 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 I find I find Ion in a lot of ways insufferable. Oh, um, really? I just, I just don't like the character. Um, I, he gets on, he, he just, he's too childish. He's like, right. and someone, and someone would argue, oh, he's just the life of, he's trying to figure stuff out. He's, you know, he's new to this whole earth thing and he's just trying to figure it out. He's just trying to have fun, yada, yada, yada. But I views, I view Ion as reckless and, mm. I just don't, I just don't like his character. Right. Which is, I mean, that's why it's funny because in some ways he parallels Zato as being the, you know, the alien fish out of water uh, who's kind of fascinated by all these new things he's learning about earth culture. But Zato is still more disciplined than Ion is compared to all those right. things. Ion is taken to things like earth food, like a child, whereas Zato is still being an adult about it mm -hmm. still having some wide-eyed wonder and being and at points being confused but still more disciplined well, than adult <laughs> i will say there there is that little funny interaction they have when they go to japan and ion has this full list of types <laughs> of food he wants to try and uh -huh. then at the at the end of the series he ends up opening up his own restaurant um which is, which a, is i a think nice, that's a nice payoff but, but then it but is he's a, i will say it is a nice He's serving Rafconian food because apparently right. the a trademark Rafconian cake, I forget what the name of it was, but you can't eat it with your hands. You have to 
he's just sticking your face or in it. Uh, it's a bunch or... of that's a bunch of silly sounding made up words. Flagon, flagon, flagon floor, flagon. You're freaking flagon. You're flag. coming. I don't know. Are you speaking German or do I have to hit the dragon dagger button? <laughs> I don't know. What is that? Or are you? Or are you reading Doctor Seuss? Because that's what it sounds. <laughs> What the what the hell is that called? Or stuff called? <laughs> Thanks. What the hell is that called? Like flagon, flogging, flavin, flogging, flogging, flogging. That's like that. The flirty, flirty, flirty. I I'm the chef. It sounds like that's not. It sounds like the Swedish chef reading the artificial ingredients on a food label. Is that how is that how Ion's in the kitchen at his new restaurant? I'm gonna have to meme that, aren't I? Right? Yeah, and is the is the I'm just gonna the, find a picture of of Ion serving food and just put Swedish chef speech intensifies. <laughs> um. So, but is it uh what is it has the i wonder if the fda has tested any of that food for for earth for earth consumption that's what i'm again yeah now you're overthinking things <laughs> right yeah i am overthinking things like okay so back on track before we get too silly here i i i i see where ion fits within the story i definitely believe that the ion character gets better as it goes along, I just overall, I just don't like him as a character. I actually prefer Zato over Ion just because Ion is just his, his character archetype, that kind of reckless, um, childish, just, I would just childish, reckless personality type. I just don't get on with. Yeah, for sure. All right. We may have to park here for a moment. This is, like I said, the biggest contribution that the show makes to not just the to the show, not to just this show, but it retcons. If you really want, if you want to go there, it retcons a lot. Yeah, yeah. The uh, we, that we, the, we joked earlier calling them the retcon masters, but that's not too far off. Now I don't remember. I think it's the Morphin Masters. Let's not bury the lead. They show up in the first episode. So they're there it's from just, the start. Now I'm trying to remember. Oh, now they were name dropped very early on in Mighty Morphin season one. Se yeah, yeah, season, season one. one. So they're ba they're taking something that was name dropped in the first season and actually putting meat on those bones, which is cool. I'm trying to remember if the Morphin Master showed up here, if they showed up in the Boom Studios comics, because they're a big deal in this Boom Studios comics. Oh, too. God, I think. Oh, wow. That is a good question. I really don't know without having to look it up really quick. But um, I'll just say, you know what? I'll just say, um, listener with attitude that you're listening to this episode, help us out. Did the Morphin Master show up in the comic books first? I want to say yes, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm trying to find it myself at this point. <laughs> so it's just a shame to me that the Morphin Masters couldn't retcon Rafcon. If they're so damn powerful. Oh, good Lord. They, they are a problem, aren't they? <laughs> if if they're so damn powerful and that they're able to bring Rangers back from the dead, which 
yeah, that's a thing they okay, do. Okay, um, the Ranger Wiki is actually saying that technically their first appearance is actually in Mighty Morphin as the quote-unquote tribal chiefs in Zhu Ranger. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's the, um, 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 shoot. Is it the Happy Birthday Zach episode? It might be. It, it doesn't list the episode. It doesn't list the episode. But or maybe it might actually be either the first or second episode when Zordon is saying these weapons were forged by the Morphin Masters eons ago. Yeah. Uh, when he get when he gives them the when he gives them their weapons, it may be that early. I'll have to I'd have to go back and watch it to be sure. Um, yeah. But I but that is correct. They are their their technical first appearance is in uh, in Mighty Morphin season one. But I'm just curious if they've appeared before dino fury in the in their current form the form right. that we see with uh, the form that we see in dino fury i'm just wondering if they've appeared in the in the comic books yeah i'm not i'm not getting anything about that right now okay. now they do okay, look different in the comics from what i'm seeing than right. they do in the show but right. the part, the yeah. thing is that the morphin masters and i see i've i've read enough comic books to know that there are characters like this they're basically these very powerful cosmic level beings i'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure what they're supposed to be but they are they're not omnipotent but good lord they could do so much and yeah we find out that they are partially resp- uh, not partially they they are largely responsible for some other crazy things that happened previously in the franchise now there's a couple of them that are called out Specifically, they're responsible for the meteor that crashes in Beast Morphers that mm-hmm. event and uh, that led to some events. They are they're the ones who brought Steel back from the dead and made him human in Beast Morphers. We also find out that they're the they are who brought all the legendary Rangers, the Nostalgia Rangers, together for <clears throat> legendary battle. And those are the only ones I think that are called out specifically. But otherwise it's, also, it, it's but there's enough ground there that you can basically go back and look at other events throughout the franchise and say i bet that was the morphin masters you know, like like the resurrection of kendrick's yeah and or 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 why jim and Gemma got resurrected or why jim and Gemma got um, resurrected I, I'm trying to think there's some other uh, what are some other crazy events that you could attribute to them i mean there's a lot. I, those are just the ones that those are the immediate ones. A lot, well, a lot. Well, the, the ones that the ones that come to mind are the ones where you and I had a problem with them, not with them, not allowing characters to stay dead. Damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you know, I think we even kind of wondered if that was at the the Tribunal of Magic. We kind of were like, are they Morphin Masters? They seem like there could be Morphin Masters. Didn't we I mean, mention that on the Mystic yeah, we did. episode? We did. Yeah. 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 So I, there's some interesting places to see where they could fit, but this really does expand the cosmology of this universe. It also, well, I think, even though there's some interesting episodes where they effectively use these characters to create some conflict, mm-hmm. you know, with well, there's Master Green. Who, Master Green was defying the rest of them and mm-hmm. trying to intervene, uh, you know, with the Rangers. And it, it also kind of applies that they had other Ranger teams before this, which could potentially grandfather pre 
Power Ranger Super Sentai's in? I mean, if they're if they specifically call out Legendary Battle, it's very reasonable to think so. Yeah. So all of that to say, the Green uh, Master Green was the one who was doing all of that, which in defiance of the rest of them, which got her in trouble. That created some mm-hmm. conflict. And then there was the whole thing where she prophesies that Ion's gonna is integral to taking out Lord Zed. It just turns, then he's like, I'm the one who's got to do it. Then it just turns out, no, you're just going to be part of the team that does it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. Here, so that's so a little goofy. My- but the thing is, is that you can turn these characters into plot conveniences, very convenient plot devices, and just use them to do whatever it is that you want. That, which, that's the problem with characters like this. Which I think in concept, the Morphin Masters are cool, but I honest, but I think it, at the same time, it's very lazy. Yeah. So potentially, uh, potentially, but uh, I, let me just, I'm not going to make an emphatic. I'm, I don't want to make a declarative statement there because I think I want to leave it. I want to leave it. I want to be intellectually honest and leave it open to having my mind changed or seeing something that actually makes it worth it. But I think there is the potential to have something like the Morphin Masters become just lazy plot conveniences. But I also believe that there is the potential there to have them have a more mean that I hope will get expanded on in in Cosmic Fury have them a, have a more meaningful impact on the reality of the the ranger nation for lack of a better word. So right. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Given what we've experienced so far in the ranger franchise, all the deaths, like specifically Kendrick's we've talked, we talked at length about Kendrick's and about how we didn't mind her coming back from the dead because it just felt appropriate given the fact that, the given the given the symbolism of the real life actress defeating cancer mm-hmm. um but outside of that like Jim and Gemma and Steel and some of those others do you like the fact do you like the fact that we have sort of a a reason why those things happened or would you have rather or or would you have rather them win a, or would you have rather them go a, another way does that make sense the- the problem that you run into with this is that if there's ever a case later on, if they keep this continuity mm-hmm. where Ranger dies and stays dead, then you have to start begging the question, well, why did the Morphin Masters let this one die? Which I don't, which is, I don't know if this franchise is willing to go there. That's there's story potential there, but I don't know if they really want to go there. Because the conflict, because the conflict between Master Green and the rest of the Morphin Masters is that they are not supposed to interfere. They are right. not supposed to interfere. They are supposed and to. They are, they are, they are, they're they are immensely powerful and it doesn't seem like they age, but they can be killed. They said they can be. Yeah, they're, 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 they're supposed to observe and they're supposed to uh, maintain balance within the morphing grid. That is what their purpose yeah, is. Because like the that, morphing that is, grid is now, especially after Dino Fury, is basically the force. Is <laughs> essentially so. So if later on they do decide if they if if Hasbro is brave enough to actually kill a ranger and let them stay dead, which I know this is going to sound awful, but I kind of hope they do at some point become brave enough to do that. 
uh, because that's something we haven't actually seen in Power Rangers so far. Um, but if they're willing to do that, I really want them to write a storyline where that particular Ranger team goes to the Morphin Masters and says, well, you did it for these Rangers. You did it for this Ranger. Why can't you do it for our team member? Well, let me tell you, because we did that for those other Rangers, it caused some severe disruptions in the morphing grid. So we are going to choose not to bring this Ranger yeah. back to, or restore maybe they don't balance. even, or maybe they don't even tell them. Or maybe to, it's yeah, just to like that. It, we, it was like, we don't need to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Or it's beyond your understanding or something like that. Yeah, I don't think the show, of- I don't think the show's willing to do that. I think boom studios is willing to do that in their comics. But I don't think the show will. Right. I don't I don't think so. I, I think if another ranger dies, when the event when the event when the eventual when when another ranger dies eventually, they're gonna come back. And that's that's to me fine fine. Whatever. It's fine, whatever. Um uh, I just want there to be a little bit more gravity to the situation than what we've seen so far. And I'm not right. saying that even in Dino Fury where spoiler Zato technically dies. Um, I'm not saying that there's not weight and gravity to that. The show did let him stay dead for like six yeah, months. So yeah. Good, so yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Let the, add that to the list. <laughs> right. So the show actually did let him stay dead for about six months. Good for you show for doing that. Uh, but still yet, I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I, I want there, I want there to be more adult themes or more mature, not adult, but more mature themes in the mainline show of Power Rangers. But that may be, but that might need to be saved for whatever the reboot looks like with Ant Whistle. Yeah, potentially. But I'm just saying, if they keep this continuity, the Morphin Masters can either be a fascinating way to explore some interesting ideas, or, or pa- absolute power will corrupt absolutely, and they will be used as an excuse to justify some, some poor decisions. Anyway, let's move on to the queen of the paintballers really quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oria, played by Brooke Peterson, who is a Rafconian. She pays off the the Rafcon storyline. You called this from the very second we were introduced to this character. So go ahead, sir. Yeah. I'm too genre savvy, <laughs> but then again, so is this character. So like I said, she's the payoff. Now we had another episode where Zato thought he met a woman from Rafcon, and it turned out to be a deception by Slyther. That was Slyther's first episode. And then Zato learned, I need to mind read everyone. <laughs> I could have stopped all of this if I had just mind read this person to confirm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so she shows up and so she's leading some of the remaining Raf- Rafconian forces. Their planet is destroyed. And I will bet this is this was some interesting nuance here. So they said, hey, we need a new place to live. And Zato says, uh, Zato and I are like, yeah, Rafconians and humans, it'll be great. And then she takes the two of them aside and is like, no, we're not. It's like, what do you mean? It's like humans are wrecking their planet and killing each other. We can't trust them. We're just going to take over and keep them around as I, I guess the implication, they don't say this, but the implication is that they will be a slave race. And I'm, I, as soon as they showed up, I'm like, they're going to try to invade. I told you in the chat, I'm like they're going to try to invade. 
And that was exactly what happened. That created some tension. And for a hot second, the Rangers were going to fight all of them. And then, which would have been funny, paintball versus spandex. <laughs> Look, I need to meme that. that. I need to meme that me, now. Paintball versus me, spandex. So, so did the did the show just kind of run out of budget by the time this had to happen, or did they I have just, to? Did did they cut corn? Like I know that when we talked to Miss Mar, when we talked to Miss Marchand uh, a, a few months ago. She said she she said basically, yeah, some sometimes you you needed to have like a clip show or some kind of filler episode that was very safe on the budget to to get you through until the next like major episode. So 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 did the costume budget get cut for these guys and they ended up just going down to the basically going down to dicks and just buying out the whole paintball section is that basically yeah, what yeah, happened tweaking it a little bit trying to pretty it up and i'm just like no this is not working guys <laughs> these look terrible next to these ranger suits and they're just made of spandex it's not spandex but yeah, we're, that's I never just like go i'm away. sorry dr k can't even justify these suits right she can justify spandex but she can't justify these it's just it wasn't working which is kind of funny because they're they're in the three-part finale and it's otherwise a pretty budget heavy show uh episodes like right, they're yeah. they were it seems like they threw money at everything except these costumes right <laughs> it's just what the heck is going on guys so they eventually make a truce and then they help the Rangers. And then by the end, we get what appears to be the beginning of you know, what, you know, what we see in SPD, which technically takes place canonically in 2025. So three years mm-hmm. from now, and which right. I appreciate. So, and like I said, it pays off the whole RAFCON thing. And it's nice so that there it- were some people who were just not on the planet who did survive. And now they're here and, I feel like this would be like a whole podcast episode in and of itself. But you and I, after we watched that finale or after we watched this kind of batch of episodes together, didn't we talk about how this could this you could reasonably say that this is kind of the precursor to SPD, like aliens and humans living together peacefully, you know, with some tension. (laughs) Humans and aliens living together. Mass hysteria. But yeah, we talked about that. We because the whole premise when SPD is, you know, you've got the human race, you got the alien, and you got these different races of aliens living together. You know, some of them, you know, getting along, some of them not, or for the, they're all getting along for the most part, I would say. But you know, just like any other, um, any other melting pot community or, or, or melting pot or city that's a melting pot, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have yeah. Uh, things that you can have conflicts that pop up. So I'm just wondering if this may have been the precursor to that, but I don't know. It, we're no, it's never, con- it's not confirmed. So it's just our, yeah. Although there is some implicit SPD connections in cosmic fury mm-hmm. because we've seen pictures of Johnny young Bosch as Adam and he's wearing a uniform and it, it says SPA. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably means it's space patrol alpha, not Delta. So, right. Yeah, so we could be getting some of that, but we'll we'll find out. Anyway, we'll see. Let's move on to our supporting cast because we have a fair amount of characters we still need to plow through here. Starting, yeah, with, we can, some of these some of these we can just kind of get through quickly. Right, right, right. But not this first one, Solon. 
played I by Josephine. Solon. Uh, yeah, Solon, played by, or I should say, voiced by Josephine Davison. We've actually seen her before, <laughs> Michael. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was grown up creepy girl in SPD. Speaking of SPD. <laughs> <laughs> but Solon, who you know, Solon kind of fits into. She's kind of the Zordon and the Alpha, if that makes any sense. She's a cyborg dinosaur mm-hmm. who's you know friends with Zato. She's been around for a long time, and I, as far as I know, I think she is original to this show. She is not a Sentai counterpart. She doesn't have a Sentai counterpart. I'll double check. Mm-hmm. No, I. I I'm pretty sure that she is a uh, she is a she is a Hasbro creation. Yeah, because uh, I'm looking at the ones that are kind of listed as her quote unquote Sentai counterparts, and they're they uh, they are not the same. Yeah, uh, they are not costumed characters. They are human, from what I'm mm-hmm. seeing here. But they're also so, listing several different characters. So, yeah, she appears to be a Hasbro character, as far as I can tell. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, she kind of fits into both of them because she runs the technology, but she's also counseling the Rangers at points. She is very, dispensing advice. She's very motherly. She's very, yeah, I was going to say, she's very motherly. Even like the way she speaks, the way she interacts with our Rangers. She's very, very motherly. Mm-hmm. Which I I welcome that because we haven't had as much of you know a motherly nature with either with the, with these characters. The only I can only think of a, like uh, Udana was like that mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Udana was the last one that I can think of. Uh, no, we had Commander Mom, but yeah, but that's like I'm talking like motherly, like like motherly, emotionally, emotionally available. Right character. That's what I'm talking about. Right. I'm, yeah. Commander, so, Mom, Commander Mom, although was Commander Mom, although was a good mother, she wasn't always emotionally supportive or emotionally available no. to the Rangers. Does that make no. sense? She no, she wasn't. But I think, but that's why I I welcome this because we're used to these being these you know masculine fatherly sort of characters right. like a Zordon. But mm-hmm. but so this is very different, and I think it it creates a you know a very nice different dynamic. I don't want to say better or worse. I just think it creates a very different sort of dynamic. And and yes. there are points where you know, like Solon does get some focus episodes, and people are kind of, like, there's an episode where they're like, Solon, I don't know if your software is working as well, and they doubt her capabilities, and then they realize, no, she's fine. <laughs> you know that sort of a stuff. They take her a little bit for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think they use her very effectively. But like I said, it's just that motherly nature that I think really distinguishes her. Yeah, for sure. Any other thoughts on Solon? No, I think we can move on to another motherly character who is. Yeah, there's a a lot of motherly stuff in this season. Yeah, it might there. There actually is. Um, But we also get some fatherly stuff in here, too. Yeah, there's a lot of family focus. There's a lot of family oriented things in Dino Fury. But the next character we want to highlight is Lonnie Akana or Akana. Uh was played by Savan Ruakire. I hope close I said that enough. right. It's close enough. Yeah. Uh she's Ollie's mom. She's Ollie's mom. And she's a she's a scientist. 
and she's very curious, and that kind of got passed on to her son. She was studying Dino Henge at in the first episode, and is always doing stuff with with technology like drones and all of that. And eventually, mm-hmm. the Rangers reveal their identities to her, and then she becomes a very helpful ally. She was a helpful ally before then. So if they're like, we don't know what to think of this situation, we need some outside help. So they bring her in and introduce her to Solon and she's like, oh my gosh, dinosaurs. <laughs> it's just everything. Ah she's she's got some wide-eyed wonder there. Which yeah. which I think which is kind of contrasts her with her son. Her son doesn't quite have the wide-eyed wonder, but her son like her her son is very like we talked about Ollie. He Ollie's very skeptical, but his mom, uh Lonnie, is very open to new ideas. And mm-hmm. and it, and just very um I would even say she's a lot more curious than even Ollie is. Like she's right. just very, very curious about how about these about these new things and these new experiences. And yeah, she she gets she has this really nice she has this really excited reaction when they when she meets Solon for the first time. And it's it's just yeah. I, yeah. I liked I liked I liked yep. her a lot. And there are some scenes that she has with some of the Rangers or with Ollie where she's dispensing some motherly advice or, you know, or such, which is very nice. Solon does the same thing. And, you know, both of them had lines that I considered for the awards. Although Miss Akana, Mrs. Akana had one that I really thought about because it was funny. I said, who was she talking to? I think, I think she was talking to Javi in the monkeys. I call it the monkey paw, the monkey's paw episode where (laughs) people got turned into weird things. Thanks to the monster of the week. And she says, she's basically telling Javi, Hey, you need to undo this because he's the one who made the wish. Cause he wanted mm-hmm. to have a video on buzz blast. that got a million views cause he was hustling. And I understand the hustle man as our friend, uh, <laughs> as our friend, Alyssa Goji geek said, desperation is just indie hustle. She's not wrong. <laughs> I, if you know you, you, shameless self-promotion is one of my spiritual gifts how do you think people know about this podcast and my books and <laughs> exactly yeah so he didn't necessarily want to undo it and she sits him down and says like hey you need to do it basically it's like you're talented enough you don't need this you know and then after he says okay fine i'll do that and then she punctuates the scene by saying also i didn't raise my son to be a plastic action figure <laughs> <laughs> do you need a moment it's some, it's some self-aware humor and i like it yeah yeah oh and well and uh from solon she uh, uh she i think she said something that turned out to be a fortune she said uh where one of the characters says I was like, that's very wise of you. She's like, oh, I got it from a fortune cookie. <laughs> and she said, you only fail when you no longer try. And then Ollie's like, that, that's some great wisdom you've picked up uh, so long. She's like, oh, I got it from a fortune cookie. <laughs> it's like, I, that, I scene, it's like that scene in King of the Monsters. It's like, did you get that from a fortune? Uh, did, did you just come up with that yourself? Said, nope. Got it from a fortune cookie. A very oh, long yeah. fortune cookie. <laughs> So I don't have much else to say. I don't have much else to say about Miss uh, Akana. 
So yeah. we can move on to Ed Pop Pop Jones, uh, played by Greg Johnson and Scott Wills. Scott Wills played him in the flashbacks. Oh, that's right. Because it wasn't. The, you're right. That that wasn't wasn't the same, the same actor. actor. Although they looked freakishly similar. So credit. I Very gotta give him credit there. So right. he is, he looks like he should be Abelia's grandfather, but he's her adopted father. Right. <laughs> And he's the handyman over at Buzz Blast, and he's a little bit mm. of a goofball. <laughs> he's a little he's bit a, of a goofball, like, and like, he talks like. Sorry, he has a little bit of a like. He has a little bit of a goofball like accent, like this. Basically, picture Tim Taylor from Home Improvement, but like seventy years old. <laughs> right yeah 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 although we find out in an episode he's really good at playing the fiddle yeah he, he has a really cute uh focus episode with uh him and amelia where he's going on a date for the first time in, in, a, in a long time <laughs> with an old with a is, nice old grandma <laughs> with a nice old grandma and like he's trying to impress her and and amelia's giving him all this advice and he just in in the in the earpiece that he's using doesn't want to work well doesn't want to work yeah, right. She's and, trying to prompt him in Sereno de Bergerac style. Yeah. So, but he just ultimately just decides just to be himself, mm-hmm. and it all works out for him in the end. Mm-hmm. He's very endearing. He is very endearing. But what makes Pop Pop important is it ac- it plays into the it plays into the, the one of the gigantic plot points or gigantic plot twists, I should say with Amelia. So essentially pop pop worked at area. What is that place? 62 area Area 62. When there was an, which is happens to be a place where eight, where they kept aliens like, you know, area, area, uh, area 51. Get it guys. Uh, that was a place they kept aliens. The place, Ex- the something uh the place exploded um and uh uh our two main villain characters had a baby they gave the baby to pop pop to raise mm-hmm. because they did not want the baby to die the baby happens to be the baby happened to be amelia amelia yeah so he basically was a single dad not by choice but you know it's what happens when i mean he basically had a child thrust upon him that can't have been easy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Being a single parent's not easy at all. <laughs> but basically having a child thrust upon you, that's, man, that's got to be hard. Right. So, I mean, that's that's really the main thing about, that's really the main, that's one of the, that's the biggest thing about Pop-Pop is he play, he is, he, well, we, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about Pop-Pop later when we talk about the villains because you really can't, we can't really talk about that whole plot line without actually talking about the villain. Right. So let's just, let's just let's move on to our comic um, relief characters. Uh, Jane Fairview, the owner of Bud is the owner of buzz blast played by Kira Jospin, Jospin Joseph, Joseph, Josephson. I can't read tonight, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, words are hard. And then her ro- her Android sidekick, Jay Borg played by Victoria Abbott. Yep. They are the closest thing to a Vulcan skull in this season. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They, they are. The are comic relief. They are definitely toned down. I would say from our brother and sister in beast morphers. For sure. Yeah. So 
I actually ended up really liking them. I think my favorite because they're they're definitely supporting cast. They try to do a lot of news coverage with the website. They send people like Amelia and Javi on assignments that often involve the Rangers. Sometimes they do news coverage that becomes integral to the plot of the show. Like there's one where the the bad guys have a memory wiping device and we don't find and Amelia is like, why does my shoulder hurt? And then we find out later why, <laughs> because they recorded it, but they, the mem- the Rangers had their memories wiped. I think honestly though. And then there's also some, you know, physical comedy shenanigans that Jay Borg in particular gets into because Jay Borg takes everything literally and doesn't under- right. necessarily understand how things work and goes a little far sometimes with some mm-hmm. of the stuff that they're doing. Sometimes they screw up and, you know, when they're doing broadcasts and you let me tell you, I understand some of that stuff being a podcaster <laughs> or, or you know, when I attempted to do a live stream for five hours. on <laughs> I can stream yard guys. <laughs> I swear we can't all be as good at it as, as Kaiju cam. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, we all can't be as good at it as good at it as me, but I'm trying to be humble here. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I get it. But I think probably my favorite episode, because I just I just died watching this. And I'm like, man, I wish I wish I worked someplace where we could do this. Apparently, Buzz Blast has an annual Nerf War <laughs> that they broadcast. I, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a buzz kill, but I really don't have a lot to say about these two characters. Like I, they, they were, they're comic relief. They were, they, but they were entertaining. They were fun. They were uh, like they were. some other comic relief characters. They were. I liked it when Jay Borg, I liked it when Jay Borg's wires got crossed and she acted like a cat for a full episode. That was funny. Um, weird. <laughs> that was a little weird. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, but credit or, to that actress, she sold it. <laughs> she did. And, and credit to them for what is, what was it in the season two finale when we learned that during a balloon ceremony, they, got cut loose. They got cut loose and they were floating around in a hot air balloon for months on end. It wasn't the, no, that wasn't the finale, but was it not the, or was it, was it the premiere? Is that what it was or something? I don't remember, remember. but that did happen. They got caught in a balloon. So there, the thing I like, I will say this, the thing I like about Jane in particular is that, yeah, she's comic relief. She's a little bit eccentric, but she's still a good boss. This isn't a Michael Scott sort of a thing where you're like, how did this guy get this job? And how did he keep this job? She's not an idiot. No, she's not. She's good at her job. She's just eccentric. Right. Right. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. She's not an idiot. So that's, that's, and she's, and she actually does care about her employees. At least it seems that way. Right. It does seem like it does seem that way. she doesn't fall into which should they could have easily done this. She does, but she doesn't fall into the, the screechy, uh, devil that wears Prada, uh, <laughs> style, uh, boss. Does that make sense? Right. Does yeah. Ever for lo- sure. Has anybody else, does anybody else watch, has anyone else here watched devil wears Prada? Okay. Or is that just me? In this call, just you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Pro- Listener with attitude. If you if you know what I'm talking about, please let me know. Oh, man, I know what you're talking about. I've just never seen it. Okay, gotcha. Meryl Streep. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, Carlos Garcia, played by... Blair, played by Blair Strang. Strang. Yeah. Yeah, we've so talked a lot in- about him already. This is mm-hmm. Izzy and Javi's dad. He's a park ranger. Yeah. He is. And he... And he has some nice little moments throughout the series, but not a lot of not he's there. I will not say he's, I will not ever, I will not say he's filler because he does in a lot of, in a lot of, in a lot of instances, he does help move the plot along. He's just not all that important to the plot. The important Yeah. But the important thing is, is that when it comes to the interpersonal stuff he has with his kids, the main thing that he learns is that, and this is something that all parents have to go through. He learns to let his kids go and let them choose to uh, let his kids choose who they want to be, you know, as opposed to trying to, you know, run their lives, which is a hard thing for parents to do. So I think that's the important thing to get from him. Mm -hmm. Now, once he finds out that his kids are rangers, it makes it a little easier for him to accept certain things and to understand why they make some of the decisions that they make. Right. <laughs> it's like it's it's suddenly the mighty morphin light bulb goes off. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. The, has there been a light bulb monster on this in this franchise? <laughs> I feel like there I has been. There's been a there's been a traffic light turtle. Yeah, that's show. that's true. But anyway, so I think that's the main thing that you get out of him. And it's a, it's a good performance. It's a nice uh, contrast, you know, for the rest of the Rangers, especially with Javi, who's more the creative type than his dad. And I want to point this out. It's also nice to see him you know, in a good relationship with his wife. Right. So I think they Izzy calls him the stepdad. So I'm guessing he the their mother is their biological mother and he so he's not their biological father we don't know how that happened we don't know if it was death or divorce or whatever i'm guessing their mother was widowed that's my mm-hmm. that is you know, my head canon because if they were divorced i think they would have said something but right. the show is a little allergic to death so <laughs> Might have uh, so if it was uh, if it was widowed, eh, they probably aren't going to mention it. And then finally, even though we've talked about her a lot already, Fern—I don't know why she doesn't have a last name—played by Jacqueline Joe. She is Izzy's girlfriend, mm-hmm. another track athlete, and she's cute. Yeah. <laughs> And she's she's in several episodes and, you know, most of her time is spent doing interpersonal relationship drama with Izzy. And she gets to say the thing. That was a little weird. That was. It was a little weird, but. Yeah, because she said after she got on a bus to go to college. She yell uh, in the from the bus, she yells out to Izzy, may the power protect you. I'm like. When would she think to say that? Why would she think to say that? But okay. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. Now, Michael, we have to talk about our actual favorite character on this show. <laughs> so our main uh, our main villain, played by Jared Turner, Mr. Freeze, I meet Void Knight, 
who then becomes Void King. <laughs> My name is Tarek. <laughs> Tarek with a T. <laughs> Is that an iced tea? <laughs> an iced tea, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're making the joke because Void Knight is basically Mr. Freeze. Right. That's his story. Now, you told me that you actually heard that his Sentai counterpart was doing basically the same thing he was doing here. And you were, and, the, and when you told me that, I was like, so if they follow this, they could potentially have one of the most interesting villains in this franchise in a while. Mm-hmm. Really interesting villains. And then end up being true. So let's kind of back up here a little bit. We don't know what Void Knight's motivation is for multiple episodes. He's presented very mysteriously. We just know he's gathering Sporex to power what looks like a jukebox in Area 62. He's always frustrated that he never has enough power. It's more power. Uh, 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 uh. There, home improvement reference for you. Anyway. (laughs) But anyway, so we find out later that he's powering a device in the back room that he doesn't let the minions see that Mm. it is a woman. We don't find out until later that it's his wife. He's trying Mm. to bring his wife back. And... Mm. Then we get uh, in the matchmaker, they, he, we get the face reveal of him. We find out that uh-huh. he at least appears to be human. We found out later he's Rafconian because right. everybody's Rafconian in this show, apparently. <laughs> and the whole reason he's doing everything, not because he wants to take over the world not or become famous or powerful or whatever. He's trying to bring his wife back, which is yeah. a very Mr. Freeze thing. That is what, uh, that is what, Batman the animated series did for Mr. Freeze. They elevated him as a character and you find out that he's he's a bad guy but he's almost a tragic hero. He's doing the wrong things for the right reasons cuz Mr. Freeze right. was keeping his wife in cryostasis so he could find a cure for a fatal disease that she had. Mm-hmm. And so we get the very very much the same thing here. Now I have to give them credit for that. It was very nice how they handled that, kept it mysterious, and then slowly revealed it, which made him a sympathetic character. Right. The interesting twist that we get on this is after he revives his wife, turns out she's worse than he is. Because <laughs> she was vengeful. We'll talk about Void Queen here in a second. But... Mm-hmm. You know, well, let's save that discussion for for that for later, but you know the bulk of that anyway. But so that's his whole motivation. And then after she gets revived, and then she becomes obsessed with power, and then she turns him into a new minion, the Void King, because mm-hmm. you'll notice our villains are chess themed: <laughs> Void Knight, Void King, Void Queen. The henchmen look like pawns. I would argue the Slither looks like a bishop. You know, there's a lot. Of, if you pay attention, they don't Wreck call Ma- it out, Wreck- but it's very chesty. Wreck made is a knight. Wreck made uh, is a knight, yeah, or a rook maybe, or, or a, a boom rook. tower yeah, might rook. be a rook, but yeah, but you know, so there's, there's a chess motif going on. Yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is, Void Knight is the most interesting Power Ranger main villain that we've had. Oh, good lord, in a while. 
I mean, Evox was interesting when he, and it turned out he was Vengex, but it, he, but Vengex himself is not necessarily a deep character. He's just very interesting within his context, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's this, he's this unstoppable AI. So he's not a very deep character, but he works extremely well for the story that he's in. But I would say I that don't think I, would argue- had, I think this is the first time probably well no in, in, in well RPM you had Tanaya Tanaya was an intro but she wasn't the main villain probably well probably since Daishi Daishi Jungle Fury yeah I was going to say yeah. Jungle Fury but but even Daishi still fit fit in with the usual tropes that you expect with a Power Ranger villain I want to take over the world of course he he's, has no interest in that it's Void Queen who has aspirations that are more like that, but it's she doesn't want to take over the world. She wants to. She's genocidal. She wants to kill all the humans. Yeah, she wants revenge. Revenge. Yeah. So Void King was Void King, and uh, excuse me, Void Knight is the character who kept me coming back to uh, to Techno Fury as I oh, wanted same. more. Yeah, 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 I wanted to know more about this guy. What's he got going on? Because his story was very mysterious. So, like I said, my favorite character probably in the whole show. Now, I will say I do think there were some missteps with Void uh, with Void Knight, not for him as a character, but by, but by how the Rangers handle him. Because when you get to the season one finale, I'm like, are the Rangers not paying attention to what he's doing? Because he brings the resurrection device onto Stonehenge and is trying to power it directly from the Morphin grid. And all they can all they care about is taking out the machine. They never once stop to try to figure out why is he doing this? Mm-hmm. Do you see the woman in the tube at all? And if you do, does it ever occur to you to maybe find out who she is and why he's doing it? They just impulsively run in and wreck everything. I'm like, okay, this I is would- not this is not presenting the Rangers in a very good light here. Now he has a very he has a very singular focus, but you understand why he has a singular focus. Mm-hmm. This man, lo- this man truly, truly loves his wife and is doing everything he can to bring her back. In a way, he he's a bit of a tragic character. He's definitely the most sympathetic villain we've had on, on Power Rangers in a while. In a while, yeah, yeah. And there's some, yeah. something almost fairy tale like with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, he's trying to awaken Sleeping Beauty. In a um, way, yeah. In a way, yeah. Yeah, and then, like I said, the the big twist being that she's worse than he is. Because mm. when she when she wakes up, and good Lord, she looks creepy when she wakes up. <laughs> Those contacts. Oh, God, yeah. God. But we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into her in a second. She's like, well, what are we going to do about the humans? He's like, who cares? We're just going to get off this planet. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to go home. I just want to leave this planet I just want, and I be just with you. Home. I just want to go home. Yeah. He just wants yeah, to Well, they home. can't go home, but technically, yeah, technically, but he's just like, we're just going to get off this planet. We're going to leave. You know, he also says that he dresses the way he does because he says his minions, quote unquote, respect strength. And I'm like, your minions are kind of dopey. So I don't know. If you have to worry oh, are, about that too much, I, are we talking? Are we talking about in his night form or in his, his night. void daddy, or his void daddy form when he's got void the daddy. leather strap? Void daddy, yeah. void daddy. That's, oh boy, void daddy. 
avoid daddy. I, are you trying to say he should be hanging out with the bad guys from Die Ranger? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, really moving weird. on. So really weird. So yeah, and then there. So and she says, you know, it's like, are you so sure about that? And then she becomes Void Queen. He serves her for a little bit, but really starts having second thoughts because he's like, I didn't sign up for this. I just wanted to get you back and I got you back and now look at you. And then he actually helps the Rangers. And then she turns him into Void King, who is this very loyal husband, I guess you could say. The power dynamics definitely shift there, which is, I guess, is in keeping with the whole chess motif because the queen is the most powerful piece in chess, but you need to take the king in order to win. Right. And she took the king. She took the king. Yeah. yeah. She, she took the king. Yeah. And he does have a, I does have one line that I wrote down where he does actually call out the chess motif. Because he's like, night takes robot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, like I said, I'm a big fan of void, uh, void night. If there's ever a void night lightning collection figure, it will probably be the one dino fury lightning collection figure I buy. I'm not, interested enough in the rest of these characters to buy any of their figures sorry but void king i'd buy <laughs> right yeah i mean and you and you said I excuse me void knight I'm... not void king because I, I like the void I, I, knight design better than void king i want to plant this seed i want to plant the seed here and then we can revisit this when we go to thematics but i'm just wondering how painful of an experience that has to be to work so hard to save someone and then they turn out to be not who you thought they were. Right. Right. But speaking so, of that, but, let's talk about Void Queen or Santora. Mm-hmm. Santora? Mm-hmm. And a uh, good lord, I don't even I'm my apologies to this actress if I screw up your name. <laughs> but Seoban? Seoban, I think it's Seoban Marshall. I've never seen this name before. Seoban Marshall. Mm-hmm. Who interestingly was pregnant during the entire production of the show. That is really interesting. And they had to shoot around it. No, now that when I read that and I started watching well, they did a good job because I'm like, tell. oh, I can see it now. <laughs> Where they're yeah. they're getting around it until the final until one of the last scenes of the final episode where in universe Santora is pregnant. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was pretty great but yeah so she was kind of the MacGuffin for a little while mm-hmm. and then she becomes the main villain and we find out that in their backstory and some flashbacks thanks to pop pop they were aliens captured by presumably the government and they were kept prisoner in area 62 the place started blowing up and they had a baby they gave the baby to pop pop and he ran away she was apparently fatally injured and then Tarek kept her alive with his jukebox machine. <laughs> and so, so she was asleep for most of it. But because of all of those experiences, she hates humans and wants them all dead. So she has a much more malicious intent to her to her story than than Merrick. Or sorry, Der- Tarek. 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 Merrick is Wild Force. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting the I'm I used the wrong name there. But she has a much more malicious it. She's she is li- she's literally uh looking out for revenge for revenge. for what the human revenge yeah. for what the humans did to her. And what's interesting about her is she's not from Ryu Soldier. 
Nope. She's her her Sentai counterpart is actually from a completely different Sentai. Yeah, Toker. Gonna, Toker. 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 Yeah. Rush. Uh, Rishia, Rusha Sentai Toker. The train yeah. Sentai. The train. Yeah. The the train. The train Sentai. sentai. Although I and I have to say. Her Sentai counterpart has an amazing... I mean, Void Queens already sounds pretty cool, but good lord, her Sentai counterpart has an amazing name. Madame Noir. <laughs> Void Queen, you know, Void Queen is, is really cool, but I, I think I like Madame Noir better. I almost wish they had gone with that, but it would have wrecked the chess motif that they were they were using. If, if she... Yeah, it, it, but if she wasn't supposed to be the wife to Tarek, she could have been a secondary. She could have been sort of a secondary general. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have been maybe the monster. Man. I don't know what her. I've never watched. I've never watched Toker. Um, so I don't know what her role play. I don't know what her role is in that particular. Sentai. Right. Now, I will um, say I will say that name does, I think, fit the design a little bit better because she looks very Victorian. She doesn't necessarily look like a queen, but she looks uh, like she has like a corset with a big old hat on her, very broad-brimmed hat. She looks more like maybe, you know, like a lady, you know, uh, the wife to a lord as opposed to a queen. Fascinating character. I love the spin on it because I think, I don't know how this happened, what happened in the comics with Mr. Freeze, but I do know in the animated series, I'll have to do some research. The comic readers are yelling at me right now, probably. I know that eventually in the animated series universe anyway, Mr. Freeze was able to revive his wife, but she left him. So that was his tragedy. So the fact that in this one, she's the bigger villain, I think is really interesting. And then we had the insane finale <laughs> with her. Which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. Yeah. So so moving on to the next villain that we get to spend a lot of more... I don't know. Would you even call this a villain or just someone who just happens to be a part of the team? Because I find Mucus adorable. She is adorable. I wasn't sure I would like Mucus at first, (laughs) but she really well grew on me. Yeah. Yeah. I regret nothing. I I can't, I I can't think of another mushroom pun right now, but she's (laughs) essentially, she's essentially a fungus among us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> played by Torum Heng. And what's fun about she's a it's a she's a mushroom creature. She's a sporex beast. Mm-hmm. She's not I don't even think she's really evil. It's like she wants to be evil, but she's so adorable that she can't be evil. Right. She's just, she just goofy. Wants, she's she's she a little bit silly. She wants to be loved. She wants to be a little silly. And what's really, what's funny is the suit actor, the suit actor, well, the Japanese suit actor in the Sentai footage is female. The American footage for Mucus, the suit actor's male. But there's a couple of episodes where Mucus gets turned into a human. She's like, no, I'm gross. (laughs) She, she looks far from gross though. Oh yeah. Well that, but that's the joke. But when she's human, that is actually the voice actress. I figured that was the same actress because the ADR was just too good. Plus the voice, the voice matched yeah. too well. Yeah. But she's adorable. She <laughs> but, adorable. but she, I wrote down a lot of mucus lines. She, she was just very funny. And yeah. I feel, I feel bad for mucus because she kind of becomes the punching bag. 
Yeah, but uh, she can take it because she's apparently she's, invincible. She's lit. Yeah, she can literally take it. There's a scene where I think this is this might actually be from the matchmaker where Void <laughs> Knight throws his shield and she splits into, she splatters. Two, into two. She just splatters. So, OK, but yeah. poor, poor, poor mucus, poor mucus. Yeah, I, I don't think she cares. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think she cares, but I'm looking up some of the lines from her. Like she says, it's morphin slime. <laughs> the, was a, At once, your heinous highness. <laughs> that hurt my face and my feelings. <laughs> it's scream o'clock. <laughs> I'll squash him like a bug. On second thought, I like bugs. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would have made that better is if she did like, like the, the shaking both of her hands, like clenched fists, like a little girl's like, on second thought, like, I'm, I'm furious. I don't, and I don't even know what the plan is. <laughs> that might be my favorite one. <laughs> His eyes like, well, that's just more of a conversation. She doesn't really have the punchline. It's like, I've got a catchphrase too. And then she says, henchman. <laughs> it summons the villain. It summons the henchman. <laughs> and then so the monster we of the get... week eats her in that episode and she doesn't care. <laughs> so mucus is pretty con- mucus is one of the, is one of the ones that's is consistent throughout the whole show. We do get the typical kind of rotating cast of generals like we've seen in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the first ones we get introduced to is Boom Tower or AKA Boom Blaster. Boom as, Blaster as, later. Yeah. Boom Blaster. Yeah. Boom Blaster later as he gets resurrected into a more powerful form of himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Voiced by Mark voice- Mitchinson. And I have to think it was probably designed by Gemma Gemma because Boom Time. Boom Tower is a typical jail, uh, villain or uh, general. Um, he is loyal, he's powerful. He does well, what he's told. Moving on. Basically. And then we, the next one. Well, okay. Boom Tower has a lot of personality. has a fair amount of personality. So does me. Actually, all of the villains here have a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. Slyther might have the most out of all. Of I'm Slyther. Yeah. Voiced by Campbell Cooley and play, technically played by a multitude of other characters because he can shapeshift. Right. And he's yeah. a showman. <laughs> He, I'm wondering if he's the court jester. Yes, he might be the court jester. And he, and I think I'm in an anime, but I have to announce everything I do. Block, slash, poke, uh, noble sacrifice. <laughs> Throws a henchman in the, in the way of the attack. I, I thought he would be annoying after a while, but he grew on me again. Right. I think it's the, the fact that he he's like an uber anime character because the joke well the trope i should say is that anime characters have to shout the names of their attacks he just shouts the name of everything he does (laughs) 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 and then there's noble sacrifice that that killed me when i saw that (laughs) anything else to say about slither Arr, no, let's move into Wreckmate. <laughs> Arr, I be Wreckmate. <laughs> Voiced by John Lay. Still a better space pirate than Divatox. <laughs> hey, 
Watch it. <laughs> anyway, so Wreckmate. <laughs> Shiver my timbers, I'm Wreckmate. Uh, actually, he had a line about that. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, so like, me timbers can't be more shivered. <laughs> oh, that's right. Me that's, timbers me couldn't timbers be more shivered. Could, my timbers couldn't be more shivered. <laughs> no, it's me timbers. Me timbers. <laughs> Whatever the voice, yeah, the voice. I can't do yeah. the voice without coughing. It's as it's about as I guess cliche a pirate character as you could get. Yeah. But I don't know what I think it's the voice. The guy just sells it so well. I don't care. It's a fun yeah. Sentai design. The dude literally has shoulder cannons. Like his shoulders are cannons. <laughs> Thank you, Sentai. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And he just, like I said, he just sells the voice so well that I don't really care. And this is one of the characters. There's a couple of other. I don't have them on the list because they don't show up as much. He's one of several other. These are not Sporex beasts. They're they're They're, robots that Void Knight makes. The joke is they just keep bringing them back all the time. (laughs) And he embraces the, the, he embraces the pirate tropes and it's, and it's fine. It's fun. It's fun. So then we get to our foot soldiers, the hinge men, the hinge men who are not, the pawns. not, not henchmen, not henchmen, but the hinge men. Yeah. That was funny. That That's funny. Yeah, it was, it was, they actually, I like the hinge men because they have such a unique design mm-hmm. and they, and they act a little weird too, but in a good way, mm-hmm. because they, they're a little they bit act- robotic, a very uniform. They, mm-hmm. they sound yeah. a little bit odd because they're like, huh, well, it's better than which ones were those? That was the Batlings. Oh, the Batlings. It sounded a little robotic. I'm like, hey, the Quantrons didn't sound like that. No, the Quantrons or any or any of the other gazillions of robots. Yeah. The Quantrons sounded like this, a little bit robotic and metallic. Anyway, go ahead. Nickelodeon. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the henchmen are fine. They and when they when they're when they die, they explode into blocks, I guess. And they have they fight with spears and shields, which is pretty fun. Which is which is also unique. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about the henchmen, other than as henchmen go, they're actually pretty good yeah 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 for sure okay are you ready for this michael (laughs) i guess i guess that's all of our villains that we have to talk about um you know outside of the outside of the monsters of the week i I, is there anyone else on the list we need to talk about sir i mean i don't see anybody else are you blind (laughs) i mean can you read sir i can read Oh, it says, what does it say? Lo- Leo Ward. Z- what is it? Z- Lord Z- oh, Lord Zed. Oh, Lord Zed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, hey, what the? What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? Hi, Michael. How's it? Oh, you son of a. And w- the name you're looking for is Ed. I figured if you're going to talk about my brother-in-law, I should be the one to talk about it with you. Don't worry about Nate. He's fine. Just a little unconscious. What's so funny? 
Are we going to talk about my brother-in-law or not? And I want to know how come that stupid wizard will bring him back, but no one thinks to bring Rito back. Why does the universe hate me? You want an honest answer to that question? Sure. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Go ahead. Give me an honest answer, Rito. Because I hate you. Wow. I'm the universe. No, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Wow. Well, the universe. I'm totally kidding. But uh, consider this a test from the Morphin Masters. If you pass, you might get a Morpher. Well, okay, Rito, I'll, I'll, I'll bite. How about, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a bone. How about that? Um, hey, uh, oh, 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 you think you're so funny. Oh, just because I'm a skeleton. I, oh, you see, look at that. Now I got control of Nate's board too. This is going to be fun. What do I you, could do what this do you, podcast crap too. What do you think? What do you think about, what do you think about your uh, brother-in-law, Lord Zed, coming back and actually, um, actually kicking more ass than you could ever have dreamed of? Oh well, that's because he's been working out. I mean, look, did you see what he looks like on this? Oh, what's the guy who voiced him this time? It's not Mister Axelrod anymore. I miss that guy. Uh, it, was, uh, it was, it was, it was Andrew. It was Andrew Lang, actually. Andrew yeah. Lang, who we, who we know from, uh, great performances like Vengex and, uh, Evox and, and a slew of other characters that we've seen throughout this series. Oh, the bearded robot guy. Yeah. The bearded, I liked him. Yeah. Not, not to be confused with King Mondo, the ones that kicked you out of your home. No, I'm no, talking oh, about. Oh, no, no, I, I, I hate those guys. Yeah. yeah. I have a thing yeah, against not, robots. Yeah. Although, although. Oh, I might be wearing a robot depending on who you talk to. Well, that is, that is, that is a mental picture that I don't think our listeners are, are ready for, sir. Let's Madam, just I don't say, know, I don't, let's just say Prince Gasket hates me. I'm a little confused. Gotta help me out here, Michael. Cause I'm, I'm a skeleton. I may or may not have a brain, but can you explain to me how we have Zed back now? Cause I'm a little confused. This is me. We have two Zeds well, cause we got well, the Zed te- that got hit by the Z wave. And they actually call it out, and they have the what was it, the legendary index or whatever the whatever the you know, the fl- the flash drive, whatever thing. And they actually show Zed and my sister, who good lord, my sister's hot, and they got hit by the Z wave. Wow, sir, that is that is not something. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't want. say it. I I can acknowledge that my sister's an attractive woman. Shut up! Wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sensing a little. I'm sensing a a little bit of. Uh, 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 some uncomfortable family relations there. I, 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 Michael, Michael, don't go there. Don't go there. I'm just, I have done a lot of terrible things in my life, but not including your sister. No, no, no. Oh, you (laughs) bastard. No, no, I would never do that. She'd kill me first off. (laughs) <laughs> she'd 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 chop it she'd chop it off is that what you're saying uh, basically yeah so not going there <laughs> definitely not going there she's worse than uh-huh. scorpino trust me i try i try flirting with scorpino once uh, i couldn't walk uh-huh. for a week yeah right <laughs> of course uh, yes, anyway of course. anyway so can you explain back to me to your what's going huh back to your question back to your question yes my question ask your question to me again sometimes is this another said or is it actually the one that got hit by the Z-Wave? I'm a little confused. Well, if well, the whole premise of this is this is a I'm looking for the monster of the week that actually was able to bring him back. 
Um, which the name of that monster escapes me. So essentially, Zed this is why you rely on Nate. He's actually prepared. Yeah, Nate. I know. I know. Nate takes notes. I get it. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes my, sometimes I need to free up my brain to just be, be able to think on the fly. Just like saying that, um, Zed was uh, brought back at his most evil, apparently. So in theory, in theory, there, this could be, there could be two Zeds within this universe. So if they're bringing oh, that's back just Zed, nutty. Well, that sucks for you because I'm sure they both hate you. Um, oh, I'm sure. That, well, no, no. The other one got hit by the Z wave. He's totally good now. He wouldn't hate me. He's totally forgiving me. I would guarantee you that one would still probably hate you. Oh, well, but well, I am still evil. Wonderfully uh, evil. Technically. Yes, you are. But, uh, but yes, this is, uh, I would assume that there are two Zeds in the universe since, you know, this is supposed to be the Zed that's brought back. I'm assuming this is like early season two Zed. This is well before you showed up. Thank God. Um, yeah, I didn't know Zed when he was at his most evil, but that's thanks to my sister. She tamed that beast. She, she, or was it the mom's groups? A little bit of both. A little bit of both, I think. Yeah, I, I, uh, the, the monster you're looking for is Rejow, Hool, Regul. I'm not sure Rigul. how to say this name. Regul. Thank Rigul. you so much. There, See, yeah. Regul. So you are actually useful. I don't care what. I, I don't care what your quote roommate says. You are actually useful. Oh, um, well, yeah. <laughs> He's had a, he has opinions. We don't get along so uh, much. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's fine. I don't get along with him very much either. So actually you and I might agree there, uh, that, Oh yeah, like, I think we totally ask, do. Let me ask you something, Rito. Would you be willing to take over as my permanent co-host? Oh, heck yes. I mean, so, I, I, I've seen what goes on in your Facebook group on the book of faces group. And there are actually requests for more Rito. That's another reason I'm here. I imagine it. Yes. I'm imagining that, that this was a surprise um, cooked up by yourself and, uh, and your, and your quote roommate. Oh no, no. What are you talking? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, you, you, you see the bruise on Nate's face right now? No, you can't because this is an internet call. Uh, that bruise says, no, he did not plan. For how do us. you know how to use the internet? The internet wasn't even invented whenever you were in the show. I'm insulted. I live on a palace and a spaceship. In, I mean, not in, on the moon. I get a little confused sometimes with my English. Can you even speak English? I didn't know that. I've been I talking to you know. in English this whole time. Anyway, we're talking about my brother-in-law. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Rito? How do you feel about this new incarnation of Zed? Go ahead well, and en- he's, enlighten all of us. Well, he's definitely been hitting the gym. Good Lord. <laughs> Seriously, man, I think he got bigger. I mean, he is basically just a walking, uh, he's just a walking meat pile with, with a Cenobite, uh, doohickeys on him to keep him, uh, walking straight. Oh, is, is, is that, is that an official like Texas term doohickeys? Texas. What are you talking about? <laughs> what is this Texas place? I don't know what you're talking about. I only just know keep, California. Just, Cause that's just, where I did most of my best work. Just, just keep talking. Just keep yeah. Talking. Anyway. So he's definitely been working out and let's be honest that suit can actually get into fights. How often did uh, Zed actually get into fights the whole time? No, like once he sent me and everybody else to do the work for him. 
I'm a freaking skeleton. You know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm a skeleton. He's a walking meat bag. In fact, uh, these rangers are always making fun of him. They call him like meat man, uh, rare steak, all that sort of stuff. And it's just kind of funny. It's like, you remember this weird music video from about 20 years ago where it had this guy who was a uh, it was like a male stripper and he took all his clothes off and then just to freak everybody out, he started ripping his skin off too. That's like, oh, look, there's Zed. And then he went a little bit farther than that and he turned into me because he was a skeleton. So it's like, all we need is some skin and then like uh, Ed, me, and me could make one whole person. Although I don't think the universe is ready for that. You think the universe hates you? Good Lord. That happened to us. Oh my. Uh yeah, so we came back, and they had, the uh, what was it, the compliance collar? Kind of wish I had that back in the day. I got to be king for a day once. That was fun. I could have used that. Mm. That was the worst mistake that version of Zed ever made, was putting you in charge. Hey, I resemble that remark. Anyway, so... The, uh, how did you feel about, about Zed? I know you're a you're a uh, you're a raging Ed fanboy. I know I said Zed. I'm I'm slipping here a little bit. I think uh, you know I don't have any gray matter in this skull. So it's kind of you know. So uh, pardon me, but so how did you feel about him in that first episode? You were probably excited. I was very excited, and like I talked about with my actual co-host Nate at the top of the show. I was uh, really disappointed that that Hasbro that that all got spoiled for me uh, because of international leaks. That mm. I was very very disappointed. Mm. So, well, what did you think of that first episode? He actually got to fight Power Rangers again. Well, and we I learned why he... he never picks fights with Power Rangers because if he would just do the work himself instead of sending the skeleton to do it, probably would have won a heck of a lot faster. Well, you know, it's it, it was nice to see Zed actually kick the Rangers' asses. Uh, well, actually, Zed was able to hold his own against five Rangers. I was I was without his staff even, like, because that was the whole because that, that was the whole premise. Like, you have Lord Zed, but you don't have his staff. It is not. It, it is revealed later that after the compliance collar has been uh, destroyed that he finally remembers who he is. So this, there was a really interesting uh, dynamic, but for this Lord, for this Zed, when we first, when we first saw him, because he was very compliant um, and sort of, it was, he was very subservient uh, to the rest of our villains. And it wasn't until that compliance collar uh, was, was broken that he realized, Oh shit. I need my staff. So after he finishes kicking the Rangers asses uh, all over Dino Hinge, he leaves and to goes to look for his staff. And so that, so we know and it that, doesn't have duct tape and it doesn't have duct tape. So good for Hasbro for actually making a good looking one-to-one recreation of Zed staff without duct tape. Right. And then he came back and took over the show for like what? Three episodes. For like three episodes, which actually I have to ask, how did it make you feel that Zed replaced you with, I don't know, with a new general Scrozzle? Scrozzle? What are you talking about with uh, this Scrozzle guy, that goofy little robot? Well, let me tell you what I think of that guy. Oh! Sorry, Michael. What did I miss? <laughs> What's so funny? Well, uh, how's your eye? How's your eye? It'll heal. It'll <laughs> heal. This is not the first time he's randomly punched me while I've been <laughs> podcasting. 
you stay down for a little bit, you stupid skeleton man. Snarky bonehead. Appar- apparently, your 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 roommate assault. For what I could gather, your roommate assaulted you and tried and, and wanted to talk about uh, Lord Zed uh, coming back in Dino Fury. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, so I missed. Did I miss the whole Zed discussion? Good lord, I've been actually, I've been waiting for this the whole episode. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You did miss the whole. You actually did miss the whole Zed discussion. In but in but you're but you're back in time. Because but you're back just in time because uh, I was getting ready to move into talking about his new sidekick, Scrozzle, which we oh, just so. talked about with with Beast Morphers. So I don't know uh. how much time we need to spend on Scrozzle. Well, other than the fact that he's uh, he's now under new management, and did, did he have a line about how his, uh, how he was better than Vengex, but don't tell him I said that? I, I think so. Ha-ha. I think so. And, and, I for, and I forgot to tell I forgot to tell uh, uh, the snarky bonehead while he was here that although um, although I wasn't quite sure how this version of I don't I wasn't quite sure how Hasbro was going to handle the Zed character but I was pleasantly surprised how well they did handle it. Right. Uh, they actually they actually did make Zed out to be a a a, a threat for for the for the for like the four episodes he got to show up mm-hmm. in Dino Fury. Mm-hmm. And he really sticks out compared to the rest of the character. Yeah, we were talking about this. I think we were talking about what we talked about this last night where he just does he 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 just does not look like something that would fit within modern sentai because no he doesn't he he looks way too hardcore i know that sounds mean but well he looks way too hardcore and he's not necessarily overly embellished you know because (laughs) because the, the because the zed cenobite suit from season two now that stood out because it was just such a hellish looking design. Right. And, and, and kind of the reverse with Dino Fury, like some of these, some of these monsters of the week, the Sporex beasts are really out there. And we've seen, we've seen monsters of the week be even more like avant-garde before in, in, in recent seasons of power Rangers, but Zed sticks out for the, for the purposes, for the reasons of one, he looks really hardcore with all the exposed muscle and whatnot. And he also looks pretty conservative compared to some of these other monsters of the week Mm -hmm. uh, designs. Yeah. But I will say even his dialogue is kind of different. He's just, He's Mr. No Nonsense. Just I give me no crap. No craps right. are given. <laughs> he he's very he's very single minded. It's like I said. It's a very ninety. They kept him very nineties style. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe the argument can be made. It's a little bit of a nostalgia grab because the Zed episodes are some of the best episodes of the show, but. And again, the bad guys are outshining the Rangers. I mean, like I told I, I, you missed it because I told I just told Rito that uh, I really enjoyed the fact that um, I really enjoyed the fact that Lord Zed uh, really basically handed the Rangers asses to them for yeah. uh, for a solid for a solid half of the episode. Right, right. And we saw he went toe to toe with with a Morphin Master. Mm-hmm. Le- that's scary. And it is, uh, although then that Morphin Master turned him into an action figure and put him in a crystal prison. And well, 
is it really Lord Zed or is it Lord or is, or is it a Lord Zed figurine? Because I really couldn't tell. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure myself. But then we've it sounds like he's going to be the main villain for Cosmic Fury, which seems very appropriate. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to yeah, wait and I mean, see on that one. I mean, it's that does sound like a really appropriate way. I feel like that does sound like a really appropriate way to wrap up 30 years of Power Rangers by having one of the most uh, popular villains come back to be the big bad for that season. Right. And the funny thing is, is I've heard apparently Simon Bennett and company made that final episode without knowing if they were getting Cosmic Fury. Yeah, but Scrozzle in this was, it was nice seeing him again. And he's serving Andrew Lang once more, hence the joke. Campbell Cooley yes. did the voice, which means Campbell Cooley just does a bunch of characters in this because he's also Slider. He so yeah. he's playing second fiddle to another villain in this. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, suit actor Koji Mimura. So mm. yeah. Which yeah. is and, where, and, and it's, it's, and it's an interaction between Scrozzle and Zed where we, where one of our awards might yeah. possibly be pulled from. Yep. Oh, and apparently Lord Zed was imprisoned by Grid Battle Force for a while. I want to know how that ha- happened. Yeah, so that was uh, that was. Or was he we just raiding to. their facility to get his staff? That was what we were alluding to earlier, where we we saw where they could have, you know, did a Beast Morphers Dino Fury crossover, right? Uh, because we learned that Lord Zed has escaped Grid Battle Force or, or Grid Battle yeah. Force Jail, I guess. Yeah. Um insert and he has his and he actually has his staff now right i'll be very curious a, to see what becomes of zed and cosmic fury oh same i i hope they don't disappoint me i i really hope they don't i was being serious when i told uh rito just now that um um that i i i I was skeptical when i saw and i heard that lord zed was coming back because i was afraid they were going to screw up the character uh, I was pleasantly surprised by what they did with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want the character to be made to look weak and petty with Cosmic Fury. Let's hope not. <laughs> so let's let, let's stick with early season two Zed, who was actually scary until he made Luchasatsu. Yes, quite. So moving into Monsters of the Week. I'm actually I'm actually going to uh, go ahead and start this one off and with my first choice of Fog Shell and specifically when we, when we were rewatching the matchmaker there was a line from Fog Shell that was like what the shell uh that was actually really funny um, <laughs> which is not I, original to them that was uh, the ninja turtles have said that for a it's while it's not but in context of the, of Power Rangers it is it is kind of funny it, it is, is kind of funny it is funny yeah so he, he's amusing. My first one is Drachnarok. I thought it was Dragnarok, like dragon, though it's Drachnarok. Mm-hmm. I love this guy because he, one, he looks like an ultra kaiju. <laughs> oh, he does, yeah. He looks like something Ultraman would fight. And then I love the running gag with him where every time he tries to introduce himself, the, he gets interrupted and no one cares. He's like, I am Drachnarok. Okay, whatever. What what are we doing? Oh, what? (laughs) He does look. I think. I I think I did like this one because he does look a lot like an. He does look a lot like an ultra kaiju. Um, he looks like something. Actually, he looks like something that would show up in um, uh, Ultraman Decker, the the series that's running now. Yeah, yeah, he does. What was uh, what other monster did you want to highlight? 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight one that comes back pretty often. I'm gonna go with Wolfgang. Um, Wolfgang is he's on my list. He is freaky, but he gets played for laughs. Right. So so it's it's you know what Wolfgang kind of reminds me of the dog from it. Uh, or I'm sorry, not it, not the it. thing. Uh, the the dog from the thing. Yeah, the dog from the thing. Uh, that's what it looks like. And let me just point out something. <clears throat> I just realized how fantastic this name is. Now, it's now, It's not just that he's a wolf, okay? They, that, the pun doesn't stop there. It's because he's literally multiple wolves. Yes, he's multiple wolves. Because that's the, that's what makes the design freaky. Because mm. he's like one big wolf. He opens his mouth, and another wolf head comes out, and then another wolf head comes out, and then another wolf head comes out. Mm. And yet, like I said, he's played for laughs. I'm like, that is a horrifying design. Okay. That yeah, is somebody's... John Carpenter's the thing. It's a xenomorph. It's so many. It is nightmare fuel. And yeah. you want him to be funny. <laughs> they sort of get away from this design aesthetic a little bit later on in the series. But the, the Sporix beasts have a distinctive design style where it's typically, you know, big ginormous head, little bitty arms, little bitty legs. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the design is not spread. Well, the design, the design is spread across the whole body. Yes. But like with, 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 with the specifically like wolf with Wolfgang, um, it's usually like huge head with some embellishments and then little bitty legs and little bitty arms to carry them. So I don't know. It's like, there's a very, it's, it's hard to describe, but there's a very distinct design language going on with some of these, with some of these sporks beasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your next one since we had the same second one? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, another reoccurring monster of the week that comes back. And that's doom snake. Yeah. We see doom snake. We do. We say we see doom snake quite a bit. Uh, uh, throughout the series, at least that's, at least it feels like we see doom snake quite a bit throughout this with throughout the series. Um, it's essentially like a, like a, a bird, snake hybrid thing mm-hmm. um t- just a really interesting it's just a really neat design right i'm surprised you haven't mentioned the next one on my list well i was gonna save it because you both you and i both were just probably gonna park here for just a minute yeah Lothorn. Mm-hmm. who is the nephew of a low car <laughs> who is what well, that's a bit of a one- deep cut I, I'm looking at the Ranger Wiki entry for him, and I'm trying to figure out if, you know, if they were just lucky and managed mm-hmm. to get a Monster of the Week the, in from Ryu Soldier that looked enough like Lokar that they could make the connections. Mm-hmm. But from what I'm seeing here, it says Lothorn being related to Lokar is ironic because his Sentai counterpart's costume is a repaint of Lokar's Sentai counterpart's final form, Ultimate Great Satan, which was unused. So I guess they did kind of luck out a little bit there. Now, bit. admittedly, yeah. they don't do much with that connection other than yeah. saying he's Lokar's nephew. Right. So it's a, you know, they're paying lip service you know, to some fan service there. But it's mm-hmm. still a cool design. And he does, he looks enough like Lokar that you can make the connections for sure. And then this one is nuts where we'll talk about i think we'll talk about this one a little bit more in the awards on my list but the nemesis beast 
Oh, which boy, interestingly, I found out the Nemesis Beast is the uh, is the for what I can tell is the main villain from Ryu Soldier. Hmm. Yeah. But it's basically so a kaiju suit that the Void Queen uses in the final episode. Right. And yeah. this thing looks like a toned down version of Beliudra. Yeah. Mega that, that Monster Battle. Ni- yeah, that thing is nightmare fuel. It's it's horrifying. It really yeah. does. And it made for a pretty, I have to say, pretty epic final episode. Credit where oh, credit's no, the- due. Yeah, the the the, the final ep- the final two, the final two episodes of Dino Fury are fan. I think they're the best two episodes of the series, but that's just me. The last three, or this three part finale, is really solid. I have to say. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. For as many qualms as we had with the show when it started out, it really does get better, especially in that last quarter. Really gets oh, yeah. better. Oh yeah. All right. Let's breeze through our Megazords here, which the list is technically short, but these are, again, modular Zords with multiple combinations. Right. But we're just going to focus on the main ones and not all the different combinations. So we'll start with the Dino Fury Megazord Warrior Formation, which also includes the Dino Fury Megazord and Dino Fury Megazord Fortress Formation. And Mm. this system of zords it consists of the t-rex champion zord which can also has a battle mode the tricera blade zord the ankylo hammer zord the tiger claw zord and the stego spike zord i'm noticing a little bit of a pattern so this is an interesting combination of dinosaurs i think we've seen all of these dinosaurs before in the other dinosaur themed sentais and ranger shows uh, we've definitely seen these we've definitely seen a lot of these if not all of these in dino charge because there were a lot of dinosaurs in dino charge i think the only one if i'm not mistaken the only one we actually that we technically did not see in dino charge but we saw it in mighty Morphin, of course was the tiger claw the saber tooth tiger yeah yeah, this one's a little bit of a different one. This one's green instead of yellow. yellow. But you know, uh, to put you on the spot a little bit, Michael, which ranger, which dinosaur ranger season has the best red T Rex? Oh God! Because um, actually, actually, did uh, did did Dino Thunder have? They had a T Rex. Yeah, it was a red T Rex. Yeah. yeah. So which one has well, the best red T Rex? All of them have T Rexes. Yeah. Um, Oh wow! Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, 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 Rexy from Dino Charge. Really? You didn't just from... default to the nostalgia. I'm impressed. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Rexy from Dino Charge because Rexy has a has, I think Rexy has has a lot of personality. Oh okay. Alrighty. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah admittedly, it is hard to top that original red t-rex it is but you know i I didn't want to default to i didn't want to default to the nostalgia yeah Uh, now i thought what i thought you were going to ask me which is my favorite dino megazord well that's going to the og i'm I'm that's gonna go yeah that's going to the og that's not a question i mean this megazord this megazord is thankfully not over designed it's fine it's not my favorite i'm gonna i'm gonna say but i do like it compare 
in comparison, like comparing this one and like the the most recent one, Dino Charge, uh, which one of because the, there, there's a lot there's the one this one and the one from Dino Charge does have a very similar language to like design language to them, but I actually kind of prefer Dino Fury's uh, Megazord against the Dino Charge Megazord. Right. But yeah, as Megazords go, this is pretty solid. The they thankfully don't overuse the CGI in this one. It's more practical than CGI, mm. so no, not nearly as many physics-defying moves from the from there. The Zord. There is some, yeah, there is some CGI, but like the build sequence when they're all coming together, that is Tokusatsu. Like that is yeah. that is that is a lot of that is Tokusatsu. I would argue the CGI now, is want- also Tokusatsu, but whatever. And I, and I would, and I'm also going to get this out of the way. This continues. Um, I pointed this out in beast morphers and I didn't realize this was a, I did not realize this was a nitpick of mine until beast morphers, but the gigantic cockpits are back. Um, that is the, a, the, that the, is an American invention for what I understand. I don't like them. In fact, I hate them. I'm not a huge give, fan of them either. Give me, give me regular old cockpits from the OG to like, show me, show me the Rangers actually driving the damn Zords, not standing on a platform and just saying, hiya, you know, don't give me that bullshit. Give me, give me actual cockpits. Come on guys. I just don't like these platforms. I know a lot of fans do and they make for some really, they make for some really cool visuals. Yeah, I get it. I just don't like them because they don't make a damn bit of sense. And it sounds silly, I know, but it I just don't like these platforms. I just don't like these like fighting platforms or whatever the hell you want to call them. <laughs> you're almost dragon daggered there. But yeah, I, I almost get what you're I, I get I what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. And then uh, just to go down the rest of the list, we have the Electro Zord, which is made up of the Dimetro Blazing Zord and the Mosa Razor Zord, or which also has a battle mode that is mm. Ion Zord. And that's the one dinosaur that I think is different this time around. What you know, is a Mosasaur? The, Mors- the Mosasaur is the unique one here. Like what really makes this what ma- what makes this one kind of unique is the dime what makes this one kind of unique is the mosasaurd is accompanied by two secondary zords that come together to make the megazord similar yep. to um uh what are the what are the little fi- what are the little fish what are the fish that like kind of attach themselves to like sharks and whales and they I kind don't of like remember offhand, but I know what you're talking um, about. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the smaller yeah. secondary fish that attach themselves to sharks right. and just kind of feed off them. That's yeah. what those little secondary zords feel like. Right. Right. And then we it's n- not in the main team, but we do have a pterodactyl zord, the Terra Freeze Zord. Mm-hmm. But I because I read that this is the first dinosaur Sentai and Ranger team that doesn't have a pterodactyl in the main team. Mm-hmm. but it's an but it's an extra zord yeah but it's a yeah it's an auxiliary zord, which also has a battle mode so and it's ice themed mm-hmm. it's all right works well yeah, it's fine mostly cgi until it's in its battle mode yeah yep and then we have the cosmic combo raptor zords so it's a pair which is a shadow and a light raptor zord so they're twins mm-hmm. and <laughs> zato and ion had to fight shadows shadows of their old teammates in order to get them yeah that's an interesting story how they receive them is an interesting story yeah 
Yeah. And but, you know, but after that, they're mostly being cool. Well, but, but I would have to say the most, the most adorable, the most adorable Zord is the Pacquiao Smash Zord. The Pacquiao Smash? Pac- <laughs> the Pacquiao Smash Zord that can uh, give the Rangers a power up like a boxing power up. It's really fun. Yeah. And there's a there's a big one and a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really adorable. Yeah, it's adorable. And that was there was a, they had an amusing story with that one. Mm-hmm. It is. And now Mr. Marchand or never mind, I'm not even going to bring up its name. Now is the time. To... I, I, I swear he's lying unconscious on the floor. You're fine. Uh huh. Yeah. OK, I I'm get, we are now going to transition to, into my favorite part of the podcast, the patented. Well, patent pending, I should say, thematic discussion. And this one's a little bit, I don't know, this whole episode feels a little bit bittersweet because this is the last Power Rangers dis- mainline discussion episode we get to do for a while. So for a little while, for a little while until the 30th anniversary, of course. But yeah, this is uh, we're 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 getting into the last thematic discussion of the year. At least we think it's going to be the last thematic discussion of the year. <laughs> Who knows? We'll we'll see how things go, but we'll see. We'll we'll see how. We'll, yeah, we'll see how some other episodes go. But we should anyway, get really go. meta in our in our post mortem episode. We should do a thematic discussion about the power trip. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm. You know I, that that may that may actually that may actually happen, but. <laughs> Anyway, that I digress. I digress. So uh, I digress. But with uh, with Dino Fury, you and I went back and forth a little bit trying to figure out what we wanted to do. We considered a couple of different ideas. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, we considered redemption at one point, but I wasn't sure that quite applied to everybody. We, we did, talked. We, we considered, considered devotion. Devotion. Yeah. Devotion. Love. Um. Even we we even considered teamwork but we've already <laughs> talked we've already, we already talked, talked about, about that we already talked we, about love in the 2017 movie we already talked about love we already talked about teamwork we already talked about the power of <laughs> friendship on this show <laughs> and so finally after some after some really after some long like kind of one-on-one discussions we landed on the theme of reconciliation mm-hmm Cause I do think that a lot of the other things we could talk about do fall under this. And mm-hmm. it was actually inspired a little bit by some listener feedback. I got a message on Facebook from one of our listeners. This was mm-hmm. after we had recorded the beast morphers episode where he said, Hey, if you guys haven't recorded beast morphers yet, I think the theme for beast morphers is redemption. And then I talked with mm-hmm. him a little bit about that. I might share that. I asked if I could share that at some point I might, in a future episode, bring that up. Mm. But so shout out to you, sir, for sending that to me. But I I looked at redemption and you can definitely see some redemptive arcs in here, but I don't Mm. think it applies as much to, uh, it applies to enough characters to really make it a thing. But one of the reasons that he said that redemption, he thought redemption was, was, the theme of Beast Morphers was he said there's a lot of episodes where characters are apologizing to each other for doing things wrong. And 
I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But then I, when I was watching this, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of interpersonal conflict with these characters. <laughs> and at some point or another, whether it takes one episode or several, they're apologizing to right. each other because of those right. things in order to, you know, what's the point of apologies, especially if it's to someone that you are in a very important relationship, it's to reconcile and restore the relationship. Well, I mean, the, the most obvious answer, well, the most obvious example, in my opinion, with Dino Fury specifically, is the most, is the relationship between Tarek, well, AKA Void Knight and Santora, the, the Void Queen, because at the during the finale, when after Amelia touches her arm and she realizes, you know, all the, who she really is and and what she's done, she literally uses the word. I, she uses the phrase. She uses the words. I'm I was wrong. I'm sorry. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And not only is reconciled to her husband, Void Knight, Tarek, mm -hmm. but also to the daughter she she lost. Mm hmm. <laughs> Who she's been fighting for, what a, a, a half a season at this point? <laughs> uh, it's not, yeah, for at least twenty episodes at this point. Uh, yeah, not for twenty, sure. not twenty, at least a dozen. Right. Yeah, well, no, right. it's more like a dozen and a half. But regardless, Re regardless, regardless, yeah. like yeah, so like, it's like she is the she is the most obvious she is the most obvious uh, example of that of that theme of reconciliation. Um, I think another, another, a, a, another great example of reconciliation is the relationship, uh, between, uh, Zato and Ion and all the, ex yeah. and all the things they've had to go through, you know, being dis you know, uh, blaming themselves for unleashing the Sporix beasts, blaming each um, other. Well, blaming Ion blaming other. him, especially well, early yeah. on, especially early on, they didn't get along. Right. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. That was obviously the, that, that was obviously what we were supposed to, um, you know, we were, we were, there was, there could have been some, well, let me back up. I think that the character conflict that we got between Ion and Zato was good, but I don't know if it was as good as it could have been. Oh, I totally agree with you. I kind of wish that they had carried that conflict farther along than just the, the first couple of episodes. Now, Zato goes through some interesting things. He learns that it was even some Solon advice. He said, you know, sometimes being a good leader means stepping out, you know, means stepping out of the way, basically. Oh, yeah. That's such a good line. Such a such such a such a good line. Yeah. In fact, I'm, it's so good. I'm going to go look it up. But uh, one mark of a good leader is knowing when to stand your ground and when to step aside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Which is some pretty good advice, and Zato needed it, and he decides, okay, fine, I'll let Ion try to run things, and when that doesn't go very well, Ion learns on his own. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm not the one to lead this team. Right. You, you know, you made what uh, Zato, you made what you thought was the good call with the Sporex. You had, you, know, you couldn't have anticipated what happened. And didn't we see a little, we've seen, we've, we've in a, in a, in so in a lot of ways, we've actually seen 
the theme of reconciliation before in Power mm-hmm. Rangers. I mean, you can make an argument that basically any theme we talk about, we see in other seasons besides well, the one yeah, we but actually zero in on. The one, that, the one that I'm specifically thinking of at this moment is the relationship between Sky and Jack. Like right. there's some reckon, there is some reconciliation going on there because it, it's a, it's actually a, a very similar dynamic that's played. Now the difference between SPD and Dino Dino Fury is because it is the is the conflict between Jack and Sky is played out throughout the entire season. Whereas this is only, whereas Ion and Zato, that conflict is only played out across uh, a few episodes. A few episodes, two at the most, I would say. So there's mm-hmm. there's definitely that there's definitely that theme of reconciliation with within the Rangers. You mm-hmm. know, there's also if you look at if you look at um, well, I mean, like with the, the Rangers, you have Javi and uh, Javi and Izzy will have sibling. Mm-hmm. Well, butt heads as siblings, and then. Mm-hmm. They apologize to each other later. You have the, I'm trying to remember, did Ollie and Amelia get into some lover spats? Oh, they kind of uh, did. Well, they kind of did they, in the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, they they kind of did, but that's that's minor compared to, I feel like that's minor compared to, um, like when, when we're talking about reconciliation, when we're talking about a, a little bit of reconciliation, like compared to say Javi and his dad. Um, right the, yeah, the reconciliation that has to, that's a big one like the reconciliation that has to happen there like javi's yeah. dad realizing that it's just not a silly it's just not another silly hobby for for javi to want to play music it's his passion mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. way with um same with is same way with izzy and her mother like mm-hmm. they have to reconcile with one another and and izzy's mom has to realize that you know izzy is her own person with her well, own likes her good Though I was just say that's true, but the main thing was it was Izzy saying, "Mom, I'm sorry, I jumped to conclusions." True, there's that, there's that, there is, there is that. It, I feel like I feel like that it's Izzy that has to has to be the one to recon has to be the one to, to be the bigger person and reconcile with her mother. But I I can't over I can't overlook that it's also Izzy's mom that has to kind of reconcile the fact that you know. Izzy is not the, the, maybe the daughter that she thought she was, or she can't, or she, she's her own person with her own likes, her own dislikes, her own Mm -hmm. identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like I said, in that moment, it was, it it was Izzy who was the one coming forward and saying that. And I think that's a big thing when we're talking about reconciliation and a lot of cases, if you are the party who did you know who did the wrong uh, who did the wrongdoing you need mm-hmm. to be the one who once you realize that to go and say i'm sorry in order to right. foster the reconciliation and you know we talked about early we talked about a little bit of the ma- we talked about the matchmaker earlier in the episode and we talked about that moment where javi um went and apologized to his sister for misreading the situation like mm-hmm. that was you know that that plays into that sibling sibling not, not sibling sibling reconciliation as well. The Garcia family is just interesting in general because there's just a lot of family. There's just a lot of um, family dynamics going on there that really plays into the theme of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times reconciliation needs to happen within families. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there's a lot of like, 
I think I've shared, I don't know if I've shared the story or not. I think I have, but the ra- the story between, you know, myself and my sister, you know, my sister, uh, you know, after my mom, you know, my sister had a falling out over something incredibly ridiculous, uh, a, a family squabble. Um, and it took, you know, my mom getting sick with breast cancer for my sister and I to reconcile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we finally did and we're better off for it. Mm-hmm. I've had some similar situations with my own family that are to a certain extent still ongoing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You, I mean, know, well, I think, you know about it. I've talked with you about I, it. Yeah, I do. And I, I think that, I think that all families have those, all families have those moments where, or they have, they have those, they have those dynamics where, you know, you're not always going to agree with each other and you kind of just have to accept that you're, you're not going to agree with each other. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't still try to, to love each other. That doesn't mean you shouldn't still try to get along with each other and understand mm-hmm. where the other person is coming from. Mm-hmm. And then not only do we see it with our, you know, with the Garcia family and our Rangers and in our alien villains, but interestingly, we even see it with the retcon masters. <laughs> even yeah, they are not beyond needing reconciliation. <laughs> when we first meet Master Green, um, there's that there's that dynamic of, you know, Master Green stepping out of line and doing what uh, what she's not supposed to be doing. Like she's mm-hmm. not supposed to be intervening with with humans. She's not supposed to be intervening with rangers because that that is just not what they do. They're the like we talked about earlier in the episode. They're the overseers. They're the ones that are supposed to maintain balance within the grid, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, Master Red, not not sorry, no sorry, Master Blue, Master Blue. It's Master uh, Blue and al- Master Red, but. Well, it starts out. It, it's it's Master Blue for, at first that makes the that gets that makes the accusation that tries to imprison Master Green, but then it's but then comes along Master Red, and and after the Rangers explain to them that um, that what happened and what and 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 what Master Green had done for them, they decided that it was that what Master Green had done just the good that she had did outweighed the fact that she broke the rules. Right. Right. And so she basically fought for her life, I guess you could say, or at least her livelihood, her freedom. And Mm -hmm. by the time it was all said and done, they were, the other masters realized that, they had overstepped their bounds. They had gone too far and they freed her from the crystal prison and basically accepted her back into the fold. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Now I want to, I do want to say as much as we are pointing out how we're seeing examples of this and how important it is, I do want to let everyone know we are not necessarily advocating that you, if someone has wronged you, that you become mm-hmm. best friends with them because there may be points where the relationship can't be repaired. We always, exactly. I would still say try if you can, but if you can't you know, settle the matter as best you can and move on with your life, forgive right. and move on. Right. It's not, it's not, I know the old phrase forgive and forget like forgive, 
but don't forget because you, because, you know, especially if, um, especially if there's, especially if there's been like a violation of trust and Mm -hmm. I was, I was at a meeting tonight and, um, it's, I meet with a group of, I I meet with a group of guys, uh, once a week and we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about relationships. We talk about marriage. We talk about, you know, we talk about religion. We talk about all these things. And tonight we actually, it's really interesting because we talked about a little bit of reconciliation. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, the point of the main point of topic for tonight's, for tonight. But, um, we talked about like what happens when you have a spouse that, you know, steps outside of the bonds of marriage. What are you supposed to do? Um, you know, that situ obviously that situation looks different for everyone. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say what one person does is what the other person should do. Because like I said, every situation is different. I think that if a relationship can be repaired and can be and can be healthy and whole again i think it's worth it but if there are uh if there are if there are aspects of that relationship that are say toxic or uh just unhealthy say like if it's a if it's a domestic if it's a domestic abuse situation if it's uh someone who is who has a severe addiction that just needs help Um, I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating that you continue to stay with that person or you continue to put up with their bad behavior. I'm just saying that it's a really, it's, it's not an, it's not as a, it's not a black and white situation. Like every, every, every relationship that we as humans have, and it's, and really, and really reconciliation plays really nicely into the theme that we talked about for, um, for beast morphers because reconciliation is a really, is a really huge part of, uh, the human experience, being able Mm -hmm. to forgive your fellow man or woman, um, you know, being able to forgive your fellow person like that is like, that's a huge part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've had some experiences where I have had friends who betrayed me or people I considered friends betray me. And mm-hmm. the damage was so severe, I I decided the friendship just wasn't worth it. They were not the people who I thought they were, and continuing mm-hmm. to associate with them was sure. just going to wreck me. I I went through that in college where I had, you know, to to put it succinctly, I had a couple of friends who decided to it wasn't so much catfishing because i did they didn't make me spend money or send the money or anything but they basically as a quote-unquote prank and created this fake girl on the internet who they said oh this is his dream girl we'll mess with him for a while that went on for months and then they i was finally told what was really going on and when i called them out on it one said I did it because I was bored. And the other one said I did it because I think you're a, I think you're an awful person and I thought you deserved it. Wow, sir. Yeah, basically, or I, not even I, not just an awful person, but basically I was an affront to womankind. Essentially, it wasn't it was a girl. Wow, this, this was a girl is, who did it. And that's tough, man. I'm sorry. It was like, it I, was very tough. And they were both people I considered friends. I have had no interest after that. And then after that, they gossiped about me 
They bragged about what they did. I almost had the school take official action against them, but they came crying to me and I thought they were sincere. I didn't do anything, but then they just continued in their bad behavior with all of their mm. gossiping. And I, I, I just said, you know what? There's no way I can be friends with these people ever again. And to this day, I have less than zero interest in ever associating with them in any way, shape or form. So Man, I'm, I'm not. So I say that to say I know reconciliation can't always be done because sometimes right. no, the, it, the end needs to be forgiveness and then moving on. Right. And you don't, and I'm not, and, and I think you've told me that story before. I just, I, I, I just kind of forgotten. I think, um, I think I just kind of forgotten the story, honestly, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't talk about it as much as I used to. Right. So, so, I mean, you're right because there are just, there are just some relationships. There are just some relationships that can't be repaired. And, and I think that when when you when someone when someone has hurt you deeply enough to where I'm trying to think of how to phrase it when when someone has when when someone has when someone has hurt you either on a physical or emotional level that wounds you so much that you start questioning you know, your personhood, like whether or not you are a good person, whether or not you are, um, whether or not you are worthy, you know, whether, whether or not you are worthy to exist, whether or not you are worthy to be loved. Um, that is a relationship that you need to cut off immediately. Mm -hmm. And I understand, and just kind of picking up piggybacking off of what I was saying just now, I understand that every relationship that we, that we go through in life looks different for different people. There are comp, there are just very complex. It's, you, you know, people, people make fun of, of like the Facebook relationship statuses. You know, I've been guilty of this too, making fun of the relationship statuses where they say it's complicated. Um, but, but in a, in a really weird way though, relationships are complicated. Mm-hmm. They're really complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. And they're, they're more complicated than I think the show's willing to get into. That's why a lot of the reconciliation happens within an episode, sometimes a couple of episodes. I honestly think that, I mean, you could point to examples of reconciliation throughout the whole franchise, some of which took much longer to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like uh, it was uh, his, uh, his name is suddenly escaping me, the, the Black Ranger in RPM. Dylan, oh, you know, uh, Dylan, Dylan, and, Dylan, Dylan and Tanaya, Andros yeah. and Astronoma, or probably actually probably the best example, Jared and Casey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jared and Casey is a really great example of reconciliation, I think. Yeah. And and reconciliation needs to start with forgiveness and then it needs to and then it needs to. And from there, the, the next step needs to be the parties making efforts to make things right and then to move on mm-hmm. you, maybe the relationship isn't exactly the same but it's a positive one again i think that people are i think that people are redeemable um you know we've touched we've touched a little bit on this show that um 
that people do like, you know, people are people, people are fallible. People make mistakes. You know, we, we've touched a little bit on that. Um, but I think that forgiveness and reconciliation are also really important aspects of just being human as well. Mm-hmm. I think that in, if I'm able to put it bluntly, I think that I think the world is short on forgiveness. Um, and even it, shorter forgi- on reconciliation. Forgiveness, forgiveness, and rec and in turn reconciliation are in are in very short supply. Um, and Thank I you, understand. Internet. And I understand. I understand why it is so difficult for people to forgive and reconcile with others. I understand that, but I believe that when it, when it is appropriate, I'm not saying that, like we said, it is not for every situation when it is appropriate. I think that you should try to come to some kind of reconciliation. What, what that looks like for you. I don't know for me and my, for the example of me and my sister, we just had coffee one day and acknowledged that we are both really incredibly stubborn people that, that have said some really hurtful things to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't totally erase the conflicts that we had, but it tries to help. Um, it, it tries to help mend them. It, it tries to help repair some of the damage. And right. I think we've, and my sister and I have done that. Right. Right. And, and it's not always, it, it's rarely easy. <laughs> Oh, it's inc- it's incredibly hard. Well, depending on what happened, it's rarely easy. You know, for some minor right. things that just happen each day, some stupid little petty things. You know, it you was, can get over was, those pretty. Honestly, you can take care of that pretty fast. But honestly, it was it was really petty. It was just a really petty argument held had over a holiday dinner, and honestly, it, it's just it was just incredibly petty. And that's and I and I'm not trying to downplay like arguments because I think that some, I think that sometimes people really do hurt people and family and honestly, family can hurt you the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned, uh, family can hurt, family can hurt the worst because it's your family, it's your blood, you know? Um, but, but sometimes, but sometimes those arguments do are just really, really petty. They are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I think that, um, I think, I think a good part of reconciliation is, is self-reconciliation too. I think Mm -hmm. that if you look at the, if you look at the example of Amelia, like her, her, her wish, her ultimate wish was to find her parents is to see her, was to meet her parents. Even if it was just for a moment, it was, Mm -hmm. it was to meet her parents. And, um, you know, for her to be able to meet her parents, that was a that was a bit of self reconciliation as well because mm-hmm. I think Amelia didn't think that she would ever get to meet her parents mm-hmm. and she finally did now did she know that her that she had been warring with her parents this whole time no I don't think she was necessarily prepared for that but I'm not sure the audience was either <laughs> I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure the audience was either uh, to be fair but it still happened she still found her parents and she, and she decided to forgive them because she realized that they were not themselves. 
they were under an influence of something bigger than themselves. And sometimes, and sometimes that is, that is, that is true. It's like sometimes the person that you have to reconcile with, um, is being influenced by outside forces. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to acknowledge that. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that, that I, I, I'm not saying that, um, that it's, it's good that they're allowing themselves to be influenced by those outside forces. That's, that's hurting the people around them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that sometimes a little bit of empathy goes a long way in realizing that, you know, maybe this, maybe this person, this family member is not, is just not acting like themselves because mm -hmm. they're being influenced by something that's, that's, that just has, um, you know, all like terrible control over them, whether it be, you know, drugs and alcohol, so like some kind of addiction or, or I some too kind of used to drink a lot <laughs> or some kind of, or some kind of toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you were talking about self-reconciliation. Wouldn't you say that Javi had to do that too in the, in the same episode? <laughs> because he's the one who made the wish because he wanted to be famous mm -hmm. and he wanted to keep the million views on his videos uh, but if he if he undid it then but he would have to undo that so that his one of his friends wouldn't be an action figure and his sister wouldn't be a walking zord <laughs> <laughs> and he tries to make excuses for it. he's like well it's not so bad is it? you know like you know, like <laughs> there i wrote this down you know there's an exchange between him and Izzy, where she says, what's Fern going to tell people if they see me? My girlfriend is a dinosaur and I'm okay with that. Okay. I don't think okay. so. <laughs> That's that. Okay. So that was really funny. I yeah, found it was. That be, I, but then he responds, really but then funny. his response was she might, she's pretty open-minded. It's funny, but he's making excuses. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You know, but because he was, whether he meant to or not, he was wronging his teammates. He turned a million to a 12 year old. He, he turned his sister into a Zord. He turned one of his friends into an action figure. Literally. I mean, we're laughing at it, but there is some tension going on right there because they're like, why are you being selfish right now? Mm -hmm. Why, why are you even thinking about leaving us this way? Just so you can try to get famous. Right. Yeah. It, it's selfishness. It, it's uh, it, it is selfishness. I think that I think that I think that that's part of the, that's part of kind of the self-reconciliatory part of it, too, is like like sometimes you have to be a little bit introspective as well to realize that sometimes I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. Like you have to reconcile it with your like to the negative. I mean, this is to the negative, I think. But sometimes you have to be self-reconciled self-reconciliator, whatever you have to look inside yourself and, and realize that sometimes I'm the problem, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Not everybody can be as forgiving as mucus because you're invincible. Oh my God. My mucus is, <laughs> I mean, mucus is adorable. Jesus. <laughs> she didn't care. She's, she gets blown. Uh, she gets blown up and splattered every, almost every episode. She's, she's still just happy. She, you know, mucus is happy mucus, to be here. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say mucus is just happy to be there. She's just, <laughs> she, she's just happy. She's just happy to be, she's just happy to be around people that, you know, she cares about whether or not those people care about her. Uh, in the same way that's, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think that's the case here in a lot of ways, but you know, mucus is just kind of happy. She just, she's just happy to be there, man. Mm -hmm. 
We should all be like mucus. <laughs> we should. Oh, there we go. There's the just be There's like There's the meme. There's be the like meme. Just be like mucus. Be like mucus. Be like mucus because be mucus adorable and forgiving and happy to be there. <laughs> right. Just just happy to be on this on this wild little journey called life. So, uh, I feel like I've talked a lot about reconciliation. Nate, do, is there any more like really good examples of reconciliation going on within Dino Fury? I think we've covered a lot of the really important ones. I mean, we could mm-hmm. potentially talk about maybe Jane and Jayborg or Jane and her employees, although that mm-hmm. usually gets resolved pretty quickly. There's not really all that much all that much animosity. So I, I think we've gotten all the really important ones and we do have yeah. awards we need to give out as much as we probably want to prolong this episode. Cause we're like, we don't want the power trip. To end. <laughs> that's yeah. That's I, I think. Yeah. That's I mean, you and I have to happen. reconcile at the beginning of every episode. So I mean, <laughs> that's, you know, that's or this part, podcast yeah. never happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, sometimes <laughs> like you just listener with attitude. You just don't know. You just don't know what I deal with behind the scenes. You, just don't know. you don't know what I um, have to deal with. My roommate is Rito, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right, so that was our that was our thematics for Dino Fury. Like, as you're listening to this, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you have your own thoughts on the theme of reconciliation? Uh, just be sure to tweet at us. You know, send us an email. Send us an email. We'll try to read that out on a future episode. Um, so Nathan, I guess it's time for the, the, I guess this sounds really weird, but this could be possibly the last awards of this season. Possibly. Possibly. We'll see. Yeah. There's still time. Maybe we should just give ourselves awards during the (laughs) first morning. Best co-host what award goes to and kick award. <laughs> Punching best, Rito. Best. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, so these it's time for the awards. And these oh, were you turned into bu- Norg there for a second. The awards. These are awards. That was unintentional, actually. Uh, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit congested. Today's been a little bit of a, a rainy day, but um we borrowed and perfected these from Henshin Men. <laughs> who stole the them shtick. from Monsters vs. Men. Who there. stole them from Monsters vs. Men. The shtick has been satisfied. There we go. Okay, so um, so Nathan, the first award that we have is the Power Range of Motion Award for the Best Stunt or Fight Scene. And I'm going to go ahead and go first. I'm going to go ahead well, and go first. I, I'm just going to say right now, spoiler warning, Almost all of my awards are from the last quarter of the show. <laughs> right. So, so I'm going to go first and my, my power range of motion award goes to, I, I don't think I've given this award a whole lot to Zords, um, but I'm going to go ahead and just give it to uh, all the Megazords versus the Nemesis Beast um, because that was pretty, pretty damn nuts. That was a great visual too. That <laughs> was them a, all surrounding the nemesis beast. Oh, it was a fantastic visual. I thought like, like good mm. for you. Like good for you, Dino Fury. Like you, like we've talked about, you started a little, you started a little slow, but you really picked up towards that, that, that last quarter. Right. Right. And you know, it's credit to Toei and Ryu soldier. Cause that was Ryu soldier footage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Beautiful yeah. footage. 
And mine is related. This could have gone to the next award. That's the thing about these first two awards is they can be a little interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But I ended up throwing it here because I had something else I wanted to talk about for the next award. And this was a part that you and I, when we binged this together, when the episodes first dropped a few months ago, we were just like, oh my gosh, what are we seeing? And that is our Rangers basically para-jumping <laughs> onto the nemesis beast and then sliding down and taking out henshin uh, yeah not henshin taking out henchmen as they go down and then amelia trying to get to the part uh you know in the chest that would open up because that's where void queen is it was nuts yeah, <laughs> we were both sure. sitting there going like this is what we watched tokusatsu for <laughs> oh, yeah. we watched tokusatsu oh, yeah, for this yes <laughs> Like this is, this is why we love the thing. Like when, when, when I finally can convince Julie to, to watch some super Sentai or some modern Ultraman or even power Rangers with me, maybe hopefully, um, are you listening, Julie? <laughs> this like when, when, when moments like this come up, this is why we watch these types of shows and these types of films. And from, and th- like, hands down this is this is this is such it was such a good trio of episodes towards the end here so Mm -hmm. our next so our next award is the ultra sfx zord award he said it right (laughs) yeah finally and for this award best special effects by the way (laughs) for the best special effects so for this award i'm actually going to use your award for the last award and i'm going to go with the battle on the nemesis beast and such a great name too, by the way, <laughs> the, Oh God, the nemesis beast. Oh geez. Which I so mean, good. there's some, by the way, there's some mythological weight with that, especially giving the, given that it's controlled by the void queen. Cause nemesis mm. was a Greek goddess of justice and revenge. Oh, that is good, sir. That's that so, so. That's good. where we get the word nemesis to be, you know, an enemy. That's where it came mm. from because she basically she would seek out those who did wrong, and she mm. would dish out punishment for that. Mm-hmm. So we have the nemesis beast, you know, piloted by the Void Queen, who is what she trying to do? Exact revenge upon all of humanity uh, on all of you're welcome kim on all of humanity (laughs) for her what we find out was a perceived wrong other than the fact that she did get hurt right exactly yeah so that's that so that's my ultra sfx zord award just 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 the battle on the nemesis beast because that man that 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 is that was nuts and i enjoyed it a lot Mm-hmm. Uh, to say the least i mm-hmm. i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot mm-hmm. my award goes to it was actually one of the filler episodes it was the wishful thinking episode because we had such fun with that <laughs> but it specifically goes to dino knight zato writing izzy rex as i call her into battle your argument is invalid <laughs> 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 That will be the meme. <laughs> I will, it, it's a shot that lasts only for about five seconds, but I'm like, again, this is why I watch Tokusatsu right here. Your argument is invalid. 
Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Well, that's pretty crazy, honestly. Well, and, like and the context just makes it even funnier, to be honest. I'm sure it's completely mm-hmm. different in Ryu Soldier, but the context makes it even funnier. Oh, it does. It does. So for our next award, it is our more phenomenal Mad Lib. And I have I have one. I have one. And then I have a I have a runner up. I have a runner up as well. So let's do uh, let's do the runners up first. (laughs) Okay, so let's do the runners up. Okay, okay, okay. For my runner up, it is actually from the finale. So it's either Javi or Ollie that says this. I didn't write it down, so I can't honestly remember. Uh, but they turn, they they say, um, this is the, uh, uh, let's see, she's big, but we've taken down bigger. And then Izzy pipes up, oh, can I get a fact check on that? So that was actually really funny. Um, but my <laughs> yep. true, but but my true. Well, well uh, I'll, is, I'll give my runner up first. Uh, okay, go here ahead. as well. Go ahead. Go ahead. Since we're talking about runners up, I've because especially since I've already mentioned it, which is the soul online to Zato. Mm-hmm. What mark of a good leader is knowing when to stand your ground and when to step aside. We've already mm-hmm. unpacked that. Like I said before on the podcast, I'm looking for a profound, funnier BA. That one was a little profound. So anyway, <laughs> so Nathan, wait before we give before before we give our actual awards, I have to ask you a question. What's that? Got any glitter paint? There's no time for glitter! (laughs) (laughs) And somewhere our favorite favorite angry Scotsman is dancing a jig or something right now. I don't know. He's he's, he's so happy. He's very very fangry right now. He's very, very fangry. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was mine too. I... I was like, is there anything else I could put to, I could possibly use? And you know what? I Look. just it's so funny because Scrozzle is such a goofball and he's wanting to add pizzazz, you know, razzmatazz to razzmatazz. The, razzmatazz to the doomsday weapon. And then he just right. and then he's like, you know, got any glitter paint got any glitter paint? And, and then Zed <laughs> is just being like, I am too evil and serious and hell bent on anything right now to care <laughs> right no i i i desperately wanted to find some way to sneak zed into the awards um because look look guys i don't i've never i've never held i've never hid the ball at all throughout this entire throughout this entire podcast that lord zed is and probably will always be my favorite main villain so mm-hmm. because you, you, you love go. the meat man we get it the rare steak the, yes <laughs> oh <Quite>? boy <laughs> yes yes quite yes yes quite ow crap as i drop my keyboard here uh shoot oh man at least he actually has me unlike some people <laughs> shut up rado <laughs> 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 Anyway, go take a nap all right <laughs> anyway anyway so yes that is our award because we just could not help ourselves is is yeah, ultimately what that boils down to is we just couldn't help ourselves we couldn't help ourselves. it's just so funny it's just... yeah it is it's hilarious <laughs> it's it's pretty funny it is it's pretty, pretty it is funny. Funny. 
uh, I hope there's something like that again. Because, but actually, I think that was the whole point. Is like it, we've talked about how Zed is a, a contrast for a, basically everything else in this. He doesn't fit with the really the modern Power Ranger aesthetic. He just definitely doesn't fit with the aesthetic of this show. He feels like a bit of an anomaly, and here he is clashing with all the other characters. Scrozzle is a Beast Morphers character, and. Right. He's a little bit of a goofball and <laughs> and a tiny bit nutty, as we've seen. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you have to be a little bit weird if you're if you're like, I'm going to possess the death, the doomsday machine up. And he's not going to Lord Zed doesn't care. He just wants the doomsday machine to do what it does. <laughs> doomsday. <laughs> Give it the old squazzle razzmatazz. Razzmatazz. I'm going <laughs> to. Man, I'm going to I'm going to miss I'm going to miss Scrozzle. I hope he comes. I hope he comes back. Uh, I mean, I don't think he I, think I don't think he was dead or captured in this. So you're right. I don't think he was. So I, I really hope he Scrozzle comes back. So for our last award, it is our I, I, I can't believe that happened. And. I'm going to just simply say. Meta Blue Ranger action figure. <laughs> the, you know what the funny thing is? I think I fi- see those action figures in Walmart. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You're right. I was in Walmart. I was in Walmart earlier today, and they had some Dino Fury action figures. If I'm not mistaken, they had some Dino Fury. I know they had like the Lightning Collection Red. I saw some of those, uh, but I think I saw an action, a blue Dino Fury action figure. Uh, not one of the, it wasn't one of the big ones, like what's in this show, but it was one of the, like the, what do they call them? The, um, the basics or the, uh, yeah. the, the power ranger basics line or whatever it is. Cause mm-hmm. they don't have a lightning figure for the blue yet, yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, 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 no, I have, I've seen the actual action figures that, that, that whole, we saw in the show, like, cause they're a little I've bit seen, taller. I've seen the actual Zed action figure that they're using in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, this, this, this whole episode is nuts. Like you have, you have, you have, Izzy, what was the line? Izzy, I have to find have, the line. Okay. You have Izzy Saurus Rex, uh, Zato <laughs> riding on top of Izzy Saurus Rex. Um, <laughs> wait, where's the line? Is it so far? When we talked about the mom, she's like, I didn't raise my son to be a plastic action figure. Oh, here, here it is. He says on the plus side, I'm a limited edition. I'm worth a fortune on the downside. I only have five points of articulation. <laughs> so self-aware. I love it. Love it. Uh, we've complained about modern tokusatsu being increasingly toyetic. This is one of the rare moments where they are, they where they're self-aware enough to know that. And they're having a bit of fun with it. <laughs> so it's, so I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> Mine is similar, but it go, but uh, it's just, it go well. You've already. I also kind of had Ollie becomes an action figure, but I'll emphasize it again. Is he turning into the T Rex Zord? Mm. It's such a clever thing to do because it's it's the Zord suit. They're just putting the Zord suit with a bunch of of the actors in a normal setting and really mm. juxtaposing it. And it was when we watched it the first time. We did that you know, that Friday night binge for all of these mm. episodes, and that happened. <laughs> both of i think i 
Did I have to pause we, the video? I think I had to pause stopped. the video to laugh. Yeah, we, we paused the video and laughed because it was just so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. It and was one of, that was one of those moments where we're like, okay, Dino Fury, you win. Mm. Oh, yeah. We, we still have some quibbles with you, but you win right now. Right. Right. This is one of your shining moments. Congratulations. Because I, I just... I'm just terribly amused when something funny kind of like that happens. I kind of wish it would happen more often, but if it did, it would probably rob the moments of their specialness. So mm -hmm. I get it, yeah. but I wish I could yeah. see it some more. So Nathan, those are our awards for Power Rangers Dino Fury. Um, but do you know what time it is now? It's morphin' time! Go, go, to morph oh wait no 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 no, I'm not, I'm no, not, I'm not doing the whole no, we're, we're no. sticking we're sticking no. with the classic we're sticking with the classic no, no we're right. sticking with the classic the icon uh so nathan this is the part of the show where in 60 seconds or less uh we give our final thoughts on the particular tell uh, on the particular series or movie that we are watching and discussing so do you have your stopwatch ready sir i do all right. Well, ready, set, link to Morphing Grid. So for, <laughs> Pow for Power Rangers, for Power Rangers Dino Fury, it was really a fascinating watch to go through it and, and watch it like episode by or binge it episode by episode as it was coming out. Like it, mm -hmm. it's been a while since we've had the opportunity to do that. Right. And, and although, though, and I do think watching it a second time, with the context of everything else, I do think helped to change our perceptions of it, both good and bad, mm -hmm. I would say. Both good and bad, yeah. Yeah, we we both, I feel like we're on a, like kind of a honeymoon high with it for a little while, but after- Yeah, like go back said, and yeah. listen to our, uh, our the episode we recorded immediately after binging the last quarter, and yeah, we were flying mm -hmm. high like most people. <laughs> yeah, so there all, there's a lot of stuff to love about Power Rangers Dino Fury, the cinematography, the characters are pretty good. We have a returning villain, but I don't, maybe this one will fall into the pile of small things. I think so. Time's up. <laughs> Time's up. Rangers win. Um, <laughs> my apologies. If the little notification sound from a computer came through, <laughs> no, I didn't hear it, but yeah, um, I mean, it's like just to kind of expand a little bit more on that. I, I just wasn't, I, 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 I really enjoyed Dino Fury. Is it my favorite show of the franchise? No, it is not. Um, is it a good show? Yes, I think it is a good, I think it is a good show. And I think it is a worthy entry into the, into the legacy of Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. As we'll show when we do our Neo Saban and Beyond ranking in a little lightning round for you. And then we unpack that even further <laughs> in our postmortem episode, which still doesn't quite have a clever title yet. We're working on that. We're workshopping it. We're still working on it. Yeah, we're, we're still workshopping it. it, but we are going to do a big wrap up episode since we have gone through nearly a thousand episodes of Power Rangers and no, and 29 years worth of stuff. Well, tw if 995 episodes, three movies, and we're going to make 
tier list. We have made we have gone to Tier Maker and we have made the official Power Trip Power Ranger tier list. And we're gonna put it all together because trying to do these numerically is gonna be way too much hassle. <laughs> I don't wanna try to decide who what it, which one I think is actually number one. That's just that's gonna make my brain explode trying to decide between yeah. <laughs> between all of those oh yeah for sure yeah so we're gonna make tier lists so that which will be a little bit easier and i think we'll foster a little bit more interesting discussion the other thing we're gonna do in that as a post-mortem because we it, i think this just be a fun exercise is we are going to make uh, our power ranger dream team we found out f- uh, through some listeners that there is a little method to put together what you know like pick from any series whatsoever uh, across the franchise to put together what you think is the best, your, you know, your dream team of power Rangers. So we're going to use those rules and we're going to do that. And I'm curious to see who we have on our, on each of our teams and who we don't have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and before, and just in case I forget to say this, which I, I don't think I will, but just in case, just in case this has been, such a wonderful journey. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been such a wonderful journey and I'm not, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to get sappy and whatever. I'll save that for when we do the postmortem, but thank you for enduring 995 <laughs> episodes of power Rangers with me, sir. It has been, <laughs> it has been a pleasure and an, it has been a pleasure for the most. Let me just a- put an asterisk by it and say for the most part, <laughs> i can't control the skeleton man okay <laughs> i'm not talking about the skeleton man i'm talking about operation overdrive and all of these discussions that we've had over this past year that has led us to this point it seems so weird that just a year ago or a little over a year ago in december of 2020 um in 2021 uh we decided to do this ridiculous show and it's been such a fun and I, I I don't want to sound cheesy when I say this or cliche, but it's it actually has been a rewarding journey. And we'll unpack that a little bit more in the postmortem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say save that for the postmortem because we have a lot to talk about even in the postmortem. Maybe that will be our five hour episode. <laughs> It'll just be three hours of Michael crying. It's just just. <laughs> I cried enough on the JDF stream. That's enough. Yeah, for, for sure. We all did. Uh, oh, but boy. anyway, which that is something we should probably broach a little bit when we do the postmortem. But anyway. <sighs> and with that, listeners with attitude, may you always stay cool, cool, coolio. And may you make time for glitter. And may the power protect you. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchant. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at The Power Trip Pod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasters. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore R underscore illustrations. Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. 
All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.